don't have an intro like my other shows. No, we got... we just start talking. Didn't we? Yeah, scripted it, it, intro. So... so yeah, let's just start do you talking. Just lead, do uh, yeah, let's just start talking. And, and and do you want to lead in with the the the, the first kind of question that you've written on here? It's well, sort of a rhetorical question. Really, <laughs> it says, it? "Where the fuck have we been?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I think that's a that's a really good way of putting it. Really, isn't it? How so, are we? Where two, have we been? Two characters back. Now this is I counted episode 22 of the main yep. show not including all of our bonus stuff because i That's always correct. get so confused with this seasonal stuff and you could argue that this is maybe even the start of season three because <laughs> we've had three. like a, a three and a half month break but we're here it's october yep. it's a sun no it's not a sunday it's a saturday we finally managed to sync up we're back yep. for an episode of two carrots we've got loads to talk about where the fuck have we been lou how are you, my friend? Mate, this is crazy. We've, we've not spoken to each other in this capacity for, well, since June. Since actually. June. That was the yeah. last. That is, that is, firstly, I don't want to be like this old person and be like, oh, time's going really fast. But genuinely, I cannot believe how quickly that has gone. It's a um, joke. Yeah. When I looked, I, I thought there was an error on our actually upload system. And yeah, but it has been since June. Um, it's been a bit of a collective, really, and it, and it became a bit of a, a, a meme between us, to be honest, that we yeah. hadn't recorded. And I think you said to, to Ark uh, that, you know, all the best shows go away for the summer and come back refreshed and, yeah, yeah. and ready to go. And I think that's the that's the policy I'm going with. Not because um, there's been events or weddings or illnesses or everything other stuff involved. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So in terms of where I've been... um enjoying i want to say really tediously the the summer that we've had it's it's been pretty kieran dyer to be yeah. honest yeah um <laughs> it's been pretty rubbish Definitely. and i'm not a summer person you i've i've explained that before um but this has been a really odd one because even when it's rained it's just been absolutely roasting so i've i've not enjoyed it at all yeah no i'm with you and i prefer the colder months however from a work perspective so all the events I've run at work this year through the holidays, like the half yeah. terms and stuff earlier in the year, have like smashed records and done really well. And we did an we did a May Bank holiday event that was like our best day of all time and stuff like that. Wow, and so okay. we had a summer fate booked for the tenth of September. It was like a goodbye summer fate event. Yeah. And I was um and that was like capping off our summer, but we had other, we had like trails and things happening through the summer. And I was saying to everyone at work, I was like, we're going to have the best summer ever. With If look mm -hmm. at how everything's tracking, like everything online, all the sales and stuff through the holidays, people are coming here now. And I was like, as long as the weather stays good, because um, if yeah. the weather doesn't say good, it's diff people don't really come out to our place. We're not really like, because we're both a college and a visitor attraction, but like, you've got to drive out to us we're not in town so mm -hmm. if it's raining people just go in town so we had our events on and we to be fair we had a really really good summer but looking at it at the end of it and our summer fate that we had it actually rained in the morning which really annoyed me and i know that affected footfall but if i come off the back of the summer really grumpy because everything was yeah. going so well at work and i was doing so well and i know the weather it didn't kill us and it didn't you know it wasn't catastrophic but i was really wanting that good summer we didn't have it and we didn't do anything we didn't really go anywhere or anything like that we stayed home and we basically did diy d diy d diy 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 man D diy man uh diy <laughs> 
um our 12 months of the house um our new house the 12 months warranty was up in june which meant we could officially start decorating without voiding oh, our wow. warranty uh, and I gained okay. a loft since we last spoke, which you do know about. But yeah, I do, yeah, I do. That was like, yeah. I, I, I cannot t- explain to you how life changing something well, like that me, is. You sent me those photos, and yeah. I think a couple of weeks later, I actually messaged you and went, "Right, how do you do that?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how, I want, how much I want was what you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, oh, the like. The process of getting it done, and and to be fair, my father-in-law did most of it. I got to like be honest there, um, um, but the process of gaining that extra space and then going through all of my shit and just boxing yeah. it up and labeling it and cataloging it and putting stuff in. And I'm used to like my mum and dad's lofts being absolute tips where you don't know where anything is and stuff like that. Yeah, I as I get older, I'm definitely getting more you know kind of obsessive about the organization side of that stuff and i'm like i've got it now so when you go into the loft basically you look in any direction and you can see like the label and the list and you know exactly where stuff is like and it's no problem to find it and after a year of living in this house which has been great but having stuff just pile up in the corner and get in the way and take up so much space it was really driving me insane we essentially gained a floor to our house, which is like, you know, that's one way. Of, all right, I'm not going to live up there, but it's for the storage wise. It's just, yeah, it makes such a difference to your quality of life. And then on top of that, I can't remember if I sent you a picture of this. You may have seen it on Instagram, but I also gained a shed as well. So the garden. No, I'm not here about the shed. <laughs> all the stuff in the garden that's just been scattered around. We had one of those little plastic things, containers where you put stuff in, but it's not very big and so we got a shed i've got my first ever shed with stuff in and again same sort of thing the garden is now spotless all the crap i i have had um in my house in my kitchen since last summer two deck chairs leaning against the fucking wall because like (laughs) there's nowhere to put them and you can't leave them outside because they'll just rot so rust yeah. yeah and it's like now we've got the shed in the deck chairs go in the boys go kart goes pots of paint that have just been around now get them in the shed as well and it's like it's so sad in a way that these things and everyone's lives are different but this stuff is like it becomes the important stuff and you realize kind of why people do it and it's like yeah this shed is brilliant and it is helping my life it's helping my mental health it's clearing the space away and stuff of course it's only a tiny thing like it's really i'd love a bigger one but it's just what i needed so over the summer yeah we didn't go anywhere we just focused on the house did some painting as well and put some pictures up all these little things that like yeah just make those small differences to and, you've, life. and you've and you've innocently come across the 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 episode title i'd like a bigger one really <laughs> Would, uh... <laughs> wouldn't we all wouldn't we all <laughs> um so yeah i've had it's so like work-wise summer was up and down and i'm so busy at work it's ridiculous at the moment which is why a lot of my other content has sort of fallen off as well um because i'm so tired when i come home but at home yeah getting all the sorting done getting the attic sorted getting the shed sorted um yeah september the boys started school properly you know proper school which is just another life-changing weird thing that you just that just happens and you just have to go with and 
you hope it all goes well <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, there's been loads happening really the last few months. And, you know, there's it's no it's for anyone out there who's been desperately eager for a new episode. We just, you know, life gets in the way. This is our this is a thing we like to do as and when we can. We do apologize for the break in in content. But usually when we do this, we do one and that's it. We get back on the wagon. We're already talking about our Halloween special as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. my lofty ambitions. But yeah, yeah that's uh, <laughs> absolutely true. Lofty ambitions. See what I did there? Lofty, yeah, I did. Did. Um, yeah, and, and it's, <laughs> you know, when we were going to kind of record, I got quite ill um, last week. I was so ill, honestly. So uh, Jess was ill on the Wednesday and I took the day off work because I didn't think it was fair for her to look after the baby when she's so, so poorly. And then by the afternoon, I was so rough, like really, really bad. And in three days, and I, don't, I didn't even think this was even medically possible because I had to double check. I even changed the batteries of my weighing skill just to make sure. I had lost eight pounds in three days. Like, Mate. how is that virtually? How is that possible? Yeah, no, that's it is scary. And I remember when I had my tooth out and I I in the recovery of the tooth that I wasn't eating. I I was on a liquid diet for a week and yeah. I lost, I lost seven and a half pounds in like wow. six days as well. And um, I've put it all back on since then, but you know, Oh yeah. Just, and, you know, I, I made up for it, but it's um yeah, it was a really, really rough one. And, and nothing will ever um, work the same way in terms of looking after a child when both of you are really yeah. really want to curl up into a ball yeah that is that's the do or die moment <laughs> it really really was yeah you just don't have a choice do you and this is what and the thing i often said after we had a kid was i did have a newfound respect for single parents and you know because there's maybe mm-hmm. like a stigma around that but i was just like i couldn't do this on my own like no i couldn't <laughs> i just going to the toilet like having a shower like how do people I don't get it. So yeah, and when you're ill, you know, or hungover or something like that, if, if you're both ill, it's it's very yeah. difficult. So yeah, so there's no no um nothing held against you for having to pull out of recording a podcast because yeah, we were going to do this pre we arranged like five or six times to do it, but stuff always came up for one or the other. I so, know weddings yeah. and selfishness yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, other than that, in in terms of of my life, uh, it's been kicking on. Nothing incredibly exciting. Um, we. <laughs> I've now, I've almost, I think in a, in a couple of weeks, I've been in the my current job for a year, which is crazy, because it felt like only last week I started it. Mate, yeah. um, but I wanted to kind of tell this story early on. So you know, more than anybody, that I'm probably well known for my typos. That is something that um, you are, yeah. I've, I own, really. Yeah. Uh, on this particular occasion, so when you book an annual, annual leave in work, what you kind of have to do, you have to put it in your calendar and then you invite the managers into the, that annual leave so they're, they're aware of it. Nice and easy. Uh, I realised the other day that I'd actually forgot to do it. So I was like, oh, right, it's in my calendar. It's been there for about a month. I forgot to invite my managers. I'll do that. Now, I sent it off. And do you know those moments where you send something off and you immediately know you've done something wrong? So it all it said was annual leave, Lewis. Um, unfortunately, and I'll let you... <laughs> work this out um i missed I out the, the letter u in annual leave um to which my manager replied are you sure you want this <laughs> which i thought that... so um 
I'll let you write that down. So annual leave without the U. I don't know um, if we've, which is you, you said we got the title earlier, but we may have to use that one instead. Um. <laughs> annual leave without the U. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned like how quick time's going, and I don't know. I th- I sometimes feel like it's like somebody's playing a practical joke on me with that sort of thing because yeah. it is. Um, my my brother in all his my younger brother in all his uh, wisdom once said something to me which was uh, really funny but I often sometimes think he might have been on the money he's like do you know why I think it feels like time's going faster he goes I think the world has sped up and the world is spinning faster and nobody's realized it yet and it's like I know that's nonsense but when you say that it's like why why is life going faster it is going faster right and it's like oh it's just because maybe you're doing more and stuff like that but even my dad who is now retired says that life is moving faster for him than ever was he's doing less in his life than ever before and he just can't believe it it's just there's i think we're all exposed to so much crap and stuff all the time you know through like rolling news as well it's just there's no time to dwell on anything you just everything is just zipping by i think rolling is the is the best way to describe it really yeah it's uh it's sort of yeah it's been something um but yeah uh, other than that it's it's been good it's been in fun and obviously we're now approaching that that time of the year which is my favorite time of the year we're looking at halloween and into the winter months and into christmas and i'm sure we've got quite a lot of a lot of planned and i I always love our christmas shows um sort of because we get to have a beer and just to, to do a couple of things so i'm looking forward to that yes there will be more shows but yes it is good to see you it's good to catch up properly so what we're going to do today is we're actually going to play with the structure a little bit um we're, we're parking ask three for today because it has been a while since we've done an episode and uh we just thought for today we're going to have a bit when well, we will have our general catch-up but we're just going to kind of talk about more that's happened since we last recorded because it has been like four months and so we've picked a few topics to cover, kind of related to what we usually talk about on the show, and just kind of go through and give our thoughts on them, and and yeah, just kind of shoot the shit on it, really. And uh, because yeah. it's some of the stuff that we've exchanged messages about, you know, already. But I feel like we could get into a nice deep, get into the weeds and get into the conversation a bit more here on the episode. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Astri will be back and we are planning to do Collector's Corner at the end of this episode as well. So strap in, everyone. We've got a few topics, as I say, related to what we usually talk about. But we are going to start with something very simple, very straightforward and fun. We're going to talk about our favourite video game we've played since the last episode. So basically, it's been a long summer, 2023, more games than ever before coming out. It's a huge year for games. Um, Lou's still obviously just playing Resident Evil 2, though, so I don't know how else, uh, how (laughs) many of them he's played. Um, Oh, my God, I have not played that for... I don't think I've played that since about February or March. I don't think I've picked that out. (laughs) It's been a while, yeah. You're feeling a bit itchy now. Um, Yeah, no, you've just said that. But, yeah, we're going to... Because there's loads of games, and we're always gaming and stuff, and it's a big part of the show's uh, lifeblood, so... Yeah, Lou, since we last spoke, since we last recorded an episode, um, what has been your favourite game to play? And you, yeah, if you've got any honourable mentions, of course, you'd talk about them. But what, what really caught your attention over the summer? Um, I, like you said, there's been there's been quite a lot of games. And it, it's been good to, to kind of pick up a, a, a few. Obviously, now we're... With with any kind of releases, I I usually pick them up later. So even kind of a new Horizon game was excellent. Um, I didn't 
finish all of it, but um, it's exceptional. Honestly, it's it's so so good. Um, the obviously we talk about Resident Evil Four. We've talked about that before, and you've you've spoken in depth about Separate Ways. What a fantastic, arguably, um, the best DLC I've possibly ever played. It's one of my honorable now, mentions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's my honourable mention. You know that that is an exceptional for for eight ninety nine. Even if you don't even like Resident Evil, just get that. Get oh my god, it's such a good DLC. Very very good. Um, but this was always going to happen. Uh, Star Wars uh, <laughs> Jedi Survivor. Wow, what what a game. Um, it does struggle just a little bit to kind of beat his predecessor um, because the predecessor was so original and the problem is when you do something so original there's a lot of copy and paste in it in the new kind of game so you the the things that you were going wow that's that's exceptional is now like okay that's become part of the thing now and it's a little bit boring but it's done it really really well the 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 gameplay is fantastic for the first time and even the previous game which was like i said exceptional you have complete control of your character from, like, say, the colours to the the shape of the lightsaber to how you look, your hairstyle, your beards, your scars, your tattoos, your clothing. Like, it 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 feels like an all round experience, and I think that the the obviously your character has a name and is part of the universe, if you want to call it that, has almost become a bit of it's your character, and you might as well just rename it at this point. I feel that maybe they shouldn't have gone down his story again and just focused on your character and make that quite generic. But what a game. It, it's the most customizable Star Wars experience I've had since Knights of the Old Republic. Definitely. Yeah. I want you to tell me a bit more about it because uh, so this is some serendipity here. Um, I found out something about this very game l- literally three days ago. That I okay. never that I never knew, and I'd heard this as a good game, and you know me, I'm a I'm a I'm a casual Star Wars fan, I would say, like yeah, I, uh, um, yeah, I, me too. I played a <laughs> played a few <laughs> of the games, um, and I'd heard this was really good. You know, a couple of good other good mates of mine absolutely sing its praises and love it. Um, I think I never touched it because um, uh, I know I know it had like a patchy launch and things like that, yeah. and with some of the way it was performing. But I discovered this week. This game and Fallen Order, the game you were talking about as well, the the, the game before the game that came before it, yep. they were developed by Respawn, which now Respawn yep, right, yeah. did Titanfall, which is like yep. one of my favourite games ever. Like Respawn are have essentially done no wrong, and it, no matter what people think of Apex out there and Apex Legends, I don't play Apex. It's not for me, but it's huge and. Yeah. I've constantly said that Titanfall and particularly Titanfall it's it's funny because there's Titanfall 2 came really soon after and was more about really how good the single player campaign is but just the the general broad multiplayer of Titanfall 1 and 2 it's is the best first person shooter since like Halo 3 like it's just the best gameplay for that style of game in yeah decades like in almost decades and it's so I love Respawn and I love that the people who made Respawn kind of they both obviously came out of like the best people from Call of Duty and the best people from Halo previously to form this new studio and create this amazing franchise in Titanfall. And then I was like, what? They were the ones that did the Star Wars games. And now Jedi Survivor is not a first person shooter. 
It, no. And is Fallen Order not as well then? Because I, again, I've not no, played that. Not, no. So tell me more about Jedi Survivor and how it actually works. I know it's third person, but is it RPG? Is it quest based? Is it level based? Because since I've heard that Respawn did this, I'm like, I need to buy this game because they don't make bad games. It, do you know what the the best way I can possibly describe it? I could go with all those technical those technical terms. The feeling I've got with it at this very moment, it's very very much like. Um, Oh my god, I've gone completely blank with the name of the game. Uh, like a Dark Souls type of thing about it. Um, uh, yeah, where... you're not the first person I've heard say that. Yeah, It's yeah. very, very much that. And, and what it's done now, I know I'm repeating myself here, but it's gone very creative in this ge- in this particular game. Um, there has been times genuinely I've been playing this game and all I've done is gone in- into the caves, because you obviously do a lot mm. of that, um, and just ignited the lightsabers just to yeah. see the reflection on it. Uh, the sounds, it's it, it it's just so good. And you have this ability as everything. You have meditation zones, um, which basically are checkpoints or safe yeah. points. And within these points, you can upgrade, you can do whatever you need to do. Yeah. But also with that as well, there's a big, big focus on replenishing your health and force usage. And if you do that, it resets all the enemies in the game. Yeah. Got it. So, so very Dark Souls like, yeah. Yeah, and that is very much over both games really. And the guy who and please excuse my pronunciation if I've got it wrong. What's his name? Uh he his name is Stig Asmussen, I believe is mm-hmm. his name. Uh he actually did the, the stories for the God of War franchise as well. Okay. Yeah. And you can definitely see there is a link between the two. So if you have played the God of War stuff you will notice a very sizable link between the two in terms of gameplay style yeah. uh, and that kind of push, really. Uh, it's just really, really good, and it's very Star Wars, which I really love. It's It feels like the first game was very much what I would describe as prequel-y, mm-hmm. in that it beca- it was a bit corny, it was a bit over the top, um, whereas this one is much more emotive. Um, it follows the... I can't give too many spoilers just in case you've not played the first sure. game, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's looking at the characters and how they've gone their their own <laughs> separate ways in, in life and how they've joined back together and the 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 trauma that's come from it and oh it's, yeah it, it it's just so clever and it uses Unreal Engine as well yeah which is a is a really nice touch it works really really well but it, it's I don't know what the reviews have been like on the game I've not actually had I think time to they're have a pretty stellar okay so Metacritic. Uh, for the consoles is 84 ps5 is 85 xbox is 84 out of 100 pc 78 so solid like nine out of tens some of them a bit lower eight out of ten it's not between nines and four out of fives and stuff like that so and i think i think what they've done really well in this game is created more of a a universe whenever you watch anything star wars based whether it be the movies the tv series this you know there's so many now that you will always see it in any movie or TV series. Everything is cr- everywhere is crowded, mm-hmm. whether it be on Tatooine, whether it be on Cor- everything is crowded. There's people everywhere, but the games, in any sense, have always had a bit of criticism. That I, I understand why either the the fact that the go the work that goes into the games they can't suddenly put a hundred people on it in a game all at the same time. But the nature of Star Wars is that everything, especially at this time, was overcrowded because people were pushed into zones, essentially. Mm-hmm. And this is the first game that has done that, where there's so many non-playable characters. And 
that has been a really, really nice touch because it doesn't follow your actions a little bit. So if you do something you probably shouldn't do, it doesn't react that way. But the reaction you get from doing certain missions uh, and improving people's lives, etc., you get different responses from that playable characters, which I thought was a really, really, really nice touch as well. Mm. It it feels more that you're being rewarded for things that you you are doing. Um, I will say the biggest negative, and anyone who's played any of the, the Star Wars Survivor games, uh, or Fallen Orders, or whatever you want to call them, uh, the map system is by far the most garbage thing in right. gaming history. Yeah. It is the worst. It You click the button to load the map, and it comes in the typical digital Star Wars type way. But actually, it takes about five seconds for the map to load up. So trying to make sense of the map anyway and then when you go in in a certain direction you load the map up that's another five seconds gone oh i'm in the wrong direction is it this way but it, it's draining to the point where i would rather get lost yeah and find my way around than actually load up the map it is the most it's the worst mapping system i have ever played in any game by well, far at least, it at is least terrible it's got a map because starfield doesn't even have local maps i'm sure you might have read or heard about that <laughs> yeah, um, heard, yeah which is a game i was playing loads no but that that's so funny that you mention Jedi Survivor because it is currently on my radar and I, yeah. I'm going through like I'm trying to play like horror games for October and stuff and I, I've got to, like two or three yes. and uh but I heard somebody yeah talking about Jedi Survivor and they mentioned Respawn and I was just it instantly just it's funny how and some people don't care about you know what devs are working on it and stuff like that but yeah Respawn don't do bad stuff but it's obviously not what they what I'm used to playing with the first person stuff, but I'm just more interested now to see what they've done with it. Um, yeah, so I'm really keen. And I don't know how much it is to buy now, but I'm going to... This is the time of year, you know, you're in theory staying home yeah. more and you can get through your backlog, but there's just loads of new games coming out as well. But it's definitely, definitely on my radar. So that's a great shout for... Uh, for it, it, it is it is really good honestly and it is leading up to uh a bit of a tv series involving that cast as well mm-hmm. um which is part of my one of my questions i've got for you a bit later which is okay. looking at kind of the things you've been watching as well but um yeah, yeah by far for me the star wars definitely is something you want to kind of check out really and, and Jedi Survivor is, is superb well, I uh, I obviously have been playing loads of Starfield, and I do love that. But I'm not going to talk about Starfield today because I have a whole other podcast dedicated to it. So, a okay. Starfield is great. Not going to talk about Starfield today. I'm going to put that over there. This is a this is a Starfield free episode, if you like. Um, I like you are loved separate ways. Go and listen to the first aid spray review of that. I think I'm completely with you. It's one of the best DLCs of all time. When you try to think of the DLCs, and I think I said this on first aid spray is they're generally fine and like kind of unmemorable and forgetful um it's very rare that a dlc makes such an impact and this is definitely one of them it felt like such an awesome supplementary package to the game same high quality love and an absolute steal of a price like you said so loved separate ways um also loved planet of luna which is a game i've i've raved about uh, ad infinitum is a game i've just bit, i've finished playing for horror for october as i said and i also wrote a review of that uh last night i finished cocoon as well which is another indie game by one of the guys not the director but one of the guys who worked on inside and limbo those sort of like puzzle platformer okay. games absolutely lovely i did a tweet about it last night as well which is like a mini micro review i've been playing loads i've been playing so much stuff over the summer um 
since we spoke i don't know if diablo had come out yet but yeah i i had my diablo phase my diablo 4 phase and plowed through that through the summer which i really loved but one game really stuck out to me that i've played since we last recorded and that is alan wake remastered which is a game that is obviously very old it came out like 2011 2010 something like that for xbox 360 and probably ps3 as well Mm -hmm. i never played it back then i think i might have played a demo or something of it um but then obviously this year we have all this hype leading into alan wake 2 which everything i see of of alan wake 2 is just like holy shit this looks so good survival horror like you know weirdness and stuff remedy like the stuff they do i didn't really like control that much i haven't finished it i've played it for a two or three hours and it's sort of fine but maybe i need to go back and revisit it but um what else did they do max Payne as well back in the day um i think i don't know if i'm making that up um but alan wake remastered i thought right i need to play this because i'm very excited for the sequel that's coming out and i i I need obviously context and stuff so let's play remaster i went to cd keys as well and got it for an absolute bargain i think like six quid as well which you know is uh, always nice and softens the blow for for buying games these days i agree um and yeah and i came over i was playing it just before starfield came out so i was sort of cramming and cramming and uh it really really caught me by surprise and it hooked me and i've often talked about on this show before how much i love the x-files um I may have touched on how much I love Twin Peaks, but it's basically Twin Peaks, X-Files, the game. It's like Resident Evil 4 with less combat, and it's just, it's a bit more stripped back, and it's more focused on story, I suppose. Um, For those that don't know, yeah, you play Alan Wake, who's a, a writer who basically gets caught up in one of his own novels sort of and it's like a mystery his his girlfriend gets kidnapped and you're stuck in this weird town this weird sort of um i guess american you know midwest or whatever it is or something like that so it's got all that very twin peaks vibe um and yeah it's just although some of it is a bit of like product of the time some of the gameplay is a little bit finicky and stuff like that i think everything it does around it is so cool and it didn't terrify me you know atmosphere wise and i think that's because of the age of it but i loved the ideas it was doing with these kind of like shadow people and stuff like that and the combat which is very simple very stripped back the writing is so good it's funny like you know the cutscenes are although it doesn't look like a tv show because it's a video game like it's it's tv level writing it's like your it's like the stuff you'd expect from one of those shows like i talked about like x-files and twin peaks i can't believe how much it sucked me in i got i really really loved it it had it does a couple of things throughout there's an it's it has some set pieces throughout which are so unique and have become quickly some of my favorite stuff i've played in recent years um you can if you want to really dive in there's like loads of like novel pages to read and stuff like that but I just think overall, style-wise, how easy it is to play. Um, I have a bit of an issue with the cam, the cam, the way the camera works, and it it keeps jumping around. You know how the camera yeah, usually sticks that. to one side; it always wants to stick to the opposite side, and you have to keep switching it back, which is a really annoying thing. But yeah, um, 
yeah, I played it over the course of a few evenings, and then I didn't. Fi- Starfield came out, and I was playing for that for a couple of weeks, and then I went back and finished Alan Wake Remastered. So I have finished it. Okay. Cannot wait for the sequel to come out. It's like possibly my most hyped game at the moment, and yeah, I can't believe I never played it before. I feel kind of stupid for for leaving it back there. Oh, the mu- the music, like the soundtrack, like they they've created like an original band that have got original songs and they use some songs from the real world as well. I've been listening to the soundtrack and I love it when games do that. Um, some yeah, super high quality songs, music, atmosphere, like characters are funny. Some of my some f- really good one liners in it as well. And I I think possibly this might be a slight spoiler for first day spray. We might be doing an Alan Wake episode soon possibly i don't know if that's going to be after the sequel comes out and maybe talking about both of them but so yeah because i definitely would would love to talk about it more um i think if you haven't played it definitely go and play it if people listening haven't played it go and play it the sequel's coming out it looks amazing because yeah one of those i don't want to say hidden gems because it feels like low everyone who's played it knows how good it is but i'm just one of these people i never played it and it's it went i'd overlooked it and for whatever reason and yeah it's become one of the favorite things i've played not just since we spoke but this year like easily absolutely love it big alan wick fan have you ever played it so i remember playing the the remastered version a couple of years ago i didn't i I didn't get very far i won't i won't lie to you um, I'm not going to pretend to do that. I remember it. So my kind of reputation for video games is, and it's the same in anything, in any game I play, um, I will go for the easiest possible mode, you know, now called story mode, I think it's now called. Isn't to it? be fair, um, I think I played it on easy. So I recently, because of how many games there are, I'm like, I haven't got time for this. I, I think I did play it on easy, just to caveat that. <laughs> I'm just pointing out, putting out there that Alan Wake on the easiest mode isn't easy at no, all. No, it wasn't. It's easy. not easy. It was difficult, and I think I saw. I think that sort of uh, made me burn out from it a little bit because of how difficult it was. In the end, I was like, I can't. I'm done. Um, it is an exceptionally good game. The atmosphere. It's it's one of those games as well. I think I described this before with Alan Wake. Is that everyone seems to know, even if you're not a massive gamer, the game Alan Wake. If I went into the street now and if someone owns an Xbox or a PlayStation, whatever, and I said, have you heard of Alan Wake? I'd probably say there's a high percentage of people who have heard of it. But if I ask people, that have you played it? I think there's a high percentage of people who have not played it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know whether that was the marketing at the time, mm-hmm. but it feels like everyone had heard of Alan Wake. It's a yeah. really, really strange one. Uh, and honestly, it's the 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 gameplay in it, and I agree with you in the cameras, and I, and I remember that being an issue at the time, that the cameras just seemed a bit all over the place. Yeah. It yeah. was trying to replicate an, an era of time gone by, but bring it into the modern way. I think that's that's the... I, I have a feeling that's the angle they went for. Yes. And I just don't think it worked, and actually made things a little bit more difficult. Whereas when you look at old games such as uh, Resident Evil, where you've got the tank controls, that was done to give that sense of vulnerability, wasn't it? You know, and I don't think Alan Wake does that very well. Mm-hmm. But what what a game it is! Yeah. You know, I can't. It's all right. I didn't finish it, and I gave up on it. But that's not to the detriment right. of the game. That is, to, it's an it, exceptional game. It is difficult. I and it only really I've just remembered as you've said it. There was there's a couple of there's a few moments in it that. I died like maybe 10, 12, 15 times trying to do it. And 
it gets pretty hefty like with these mobs of enemies coming towards you um so it does have its kind of skill check moments but i think if you love like stephen king and x files and twin yeah. peaks like oh it's just it's everything it, it, it's, it's clear it's just paying homage to all those things and i yeah i agree that's all stuff i love so much so mm. it's weird that this passed me by um so yeah your mileage may vary because of um some of the technology of the time which i did say i think and that's another thing i did a tweet about i was like it's so good it's a special game very very slightly held back by the technology of the time um which you know but you can see its ambitions and i think this is why now i'm so excited about the sequel because i feel like it's gonna have all the modern tech and be doing things that the other game was yeah. just trying to sort of scratch the surface and do so yeah oh i cannot cannot wait i the sequel is gonna be one of those games that come out and we turn the lights off getting the headphones on playing it in the dark i just oh i'm just sort of giddy waiting for the sequel so yeah um so um obviously now and this is just kind of bounce a, a nice little link in with my with your next kind of question really and i want to lead this question you don't know if i what i'm doing here but i'm just going to lead you into this uh, this question yep. so obviously now to to play alan wake the sequel <laughs> yeah. on yeah. your xbox yeah um you will likely buy the the physical version won't you um because you're very much a person who likes to have the physicality of a game as opposed yep. to the digital version am i right um yeah now I, the last time we actually recorded, I know you were having issues with your Xbox where you, the games just the, the the draw wasn't coming out and you couldn't put discs in. Um, There's no draw just, uh, on the Series X, just so you know. It's a tr- draw. What is this? No, 2002. There's no disc draw on these new consoles, Lou. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I like the deflection. Though. Very well done. Yeah. Can you just um, explain to people? Now, you may have seen this. It was actually our last tweet from the Two Carrots account. Um, and I would like everyone who is listening to just visit that, that tweet. I'll probably put and, it up on the uh, screen as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's quite something. Um, can you just explain the background to it? And actually, do you know what? No, I'm not going to actually allow you to speak about it. I would like you to read how... Uh, you probably haven't got it in front of you. That's completely fine how you explained it to me <laughs> because i feel that's the the perfect way to describe it i'm just gonna see if i can find the voice note that i sent you um oh, okay I, I, that's actually how so anyone our niche audience listening to this show probably knows that at the start of the year my xbox series x disk drive stopped working as lou said it stopped um playing the, the physical discs and i have a big physical game collection I couldn't play any of my games and it was going to cost like 380 quid to fix or something like that, which is just obscene. It's like less than two years old and yeah, just really, really got me down. So basically any game I've played new between like January this year and like last month has been digital and I'm not against digital games. Um, That's absolutely fine. Um, I'm just searching my thing here. Um, but I, I would rather buy the physical version if I can. So I had to buy like digital Resident Evil Four and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, here we go. I think I found it. <laughs> I yeah. think I found it. Yeah, well. I got it. Oh God, it was July. Oh my God. July. Yeah, seventeenth yeah. of July. So yeah, a solid six months. Um. Uh, yeah, so I've had to buy digital games and haven't been able to use it. And then one day, 
I just, you know, and I don't know if you ever had like a broken device or something like this. Sometimes, yeah, time just goes by and you just revisit, you go, I'll just try and switch it on again and see if it works. I, I tell you once now, this is a true story. My old MacBook Pro, which is over there, I once spilt. <laughs> A nearly an entire co- cup of coffee over it. It was pretty much coming to the end of its life anyway. Spilt nearly my entire cup of coffee over it. The screen basically flashed loads of colours and it just went and it just turned off and that was it. It was dead and I tried for like a week to fix it. I took it apart, dried it and stuff like this. Took it into repair shops. They're like, there's nothing we can do. Blah, blah, blah. And I was really, really kind of upset about it. The, I was about to purchase a brand new laptop on Curry's like a couple of weeks later that I couldn't, one that I could not afford, mind you, it probably would have been on finance. But just before I hit purchase, I was like, I'm just going to go and see if it will turn on. You know, it's had a couple of weeks to rest and it fucking turned on. <laughs> it no. worked for like another two years. And yeah, so sometimes this stuff happens. Um, This is slightly different set of circumstances so i'm just going to play the audio note that i sent loot now again i don't know if this is going to show up or if it's how much this is going to come through but i'm going to play it um i wonder if you'll be able to hear it because discord's noise suppression is really stupid it'll definitely be recorded on my microphone uh if this turns out to be really crap i'll edit it afterwards but yeah i'm gonna oh i just hear shouting from the boys outside there (laughs) right i'm gonna play this this is what i sent Lou. I got a story for you so obviously you probably recall that in January of this year my Xbox Series X disk drive stopped working and you know I looked into can you, ways to fix it and, can you hear that yeah it's fine yeah, yeah. okay it's fine. and blah, blah 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 I've tried to fix it myself that no luck blah 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 anyway I was just having like a weird moment and I thought, I'm so sick of my Series X drive not working. I've got loads of games in the drawer that I wanted to play, so I'm just going to have another go and I'm going to keep trying to test it. So I went down and... So Elden Ring has been stuck in the console. So eject, nothing was coming out, nothing was coming out. It basically jams like three quarters of the way out. So it was sticking out and I yanked it. I yanked it out. So Elden Ring came out. Xbox was making loads of ugly noises. And then I put in a game I don't care about, which was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. <laughs> put that in the console. I was like, right, I shoved that in. And it was making all the cranking noises again. It got jammed. The disc got jammed again. Still not working. So I sighed a big sigh and <laughs> I projected it and it was poking out and I yanked it out, almost snapped the disc, almost snapped the disc tray. And as I yanked it out, I shit you not, something else spat out of the console as well and i'm going to send you a photo of that when you're ready <laughs> so yeah you will have heard something else came out of the console which i'm going to put up. i'll put this in the edit but i'll put it up to the camera right now <laughs> that is a toddler's barney and the dinosaurs trading card now it it doesn't belong to me but there's someone else that lives in my house that it does belong to, and that me, I, I, I'm, I marked out so much that when you sent me that popped out of the disc drive, and then guess what? Everything worked perfectly. The discs worked fine. Everything booted up. No more crunching noises. 
for six months that had been stuck in my series x and was causing all of my problems and i i nearly bought a new console because of this and, and the thing is, if you, if you if you can't see that photo, which you will, you know, we'll post it back up. And, you know, if you're watching the video of this, that is probably the size, well, less than a A5 piece of paper. Oh, less God, than it's, that. It's like yeah, the it looks size like a train of, ticket. Yeah, 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 <laughs> basically. Yeah, it's not even the size of a train ticket, to be honest. So it obviously is, the it's spawn... It's folded as well. Yes, has just taken that one day and just boop and just popped that in the disc tray yeah, so um, I had to compose myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> and uh, I and, pro- and how did you how did you describe that to the uh, to the boy? How did you? Describe- I just sat him down and I showed him the card, and I was like, "Do you remember this?" And he was like, "My Barney card." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, do you know where I found it?" And he just went quiet. He that like he's five. He's not stupid, right? Yeah. And so he knows where it was, and he knows that he put it in there. And I didn't get angry at him. I did because it's just not no point. So I just said, "Do you know where I found it?" And he just went quiet. And I was like, "Can you have a think?" And I just you know quizzed him, and he literally was just like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." <laughs> Like he, he knew what he did. I wasn't mad at him or whatever. I'm just fucking happy my Series X works again. Um, so yeah, he uh, it was fine, and I, I told him he doesn't need to worry. I was just like, don't do it again. <laughs> Stop putting things in holes. But it's the classic, like, you know, oh my kid put like a slice of pizza in the VCR, like you would hear from <laughs> years ago. No, my kid put that little Barney card in my series x and something else he did as well so i was recharging the ring doorbell and you know the little screws to attach the doorbell to the door yeah yeah i put them very specifically out of the way by the stereo in in the lounge i was like right they won't get lost there when i went to put the thing back on the door one of the screws was missing it was missing for three days and then i found it in the headphone port of the stereo (laughs) and i just i approached him i was like you know <laughs> did you do this and he was just like no it was mummy <laughs> you know tries to like <laughs> lie and blame jess but it's like yeah so he there was a couple of things but that what a revelation six months of pain caused by that stupid little thing put in there by my son i can't yeah. tell you like that is like the smallest bit of cardboard it is it is tiny and clearly yeah. it's, it's sort of jammed everything up but yeah. um that's that's something that's we've kept people holding on for about three months yeah <laughs> so i'm i'm happy i'm happy being able to talk about that one so yeah it's like that old it's such a cliche isn't it as i said my, your kid sticking jamming something where it's not supposed to be yeah he did it he mm. did it anyway um should we talk about football lou um do we have or, to do oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's fine yeah let's talk about football so Let's, let, let us talk about football. Long-term listeners of the show will know that we sort of almost begrudgingly talk about football. You know, we both love to hate it these days in certain ways. But the very specifically, I want to talk about a couple of things that you and I have chatted about off podcast, and which is kind of hot topics in football at the moment. And that's there's two real two things really. One is VAR, and one is footballers going to Saudi Arabia, which is both of these things have been in the news lots in the past few months. Um. Why don't we start with let's go in, footballers going to Saudi Arabia. What do you think about this? And we don't have to talk about every single one of them, but you know, and I, I 
I wanted to bring it up with you because I know there's probably a player in particular that really sort of, you know, grinds your gears about this. But for those that don't know, for the uninitiated, um, uh, the Saudi Arabian League obviously has loads of money and has been essentially just poaching players away, some of the best players from around the world to come and play in their league for obscene amounts of money. Um, and that brings with it a lot of, you know, questions about not only money and football, but, you know, ethics and, you know, and and branding and just the rules and, you know, the, I guess, the sanctity of the football that we know and love. Um, and I hate to be dramatic, but I absolutely fucking hate it. And it's one of the many things over the years that's just added to the list that is now really, really winding me up about football and pushing me away from certainly the top flight area of the sport. What do you think about players going to Saudi Arabia? Is there anything in particular that you wanted to highlight about this? Because it's time to get ranty on two carrots, I think. You know, less, the gloves okay. are coming off now. Okay. So, so this is where I stand. I said during the World Cup, um, and I still stand by this even now, is that if you want to have a pop at the, the, the system of picking a country which, you know, um, the human rights is abhorrent, et cetera, et cetera, you know, we could go down this line again. I said that needs to be consistent. So if you're having a go at Saudi Arabia for their views on certain things, you need to be looking at other countries, you know, rather than it's easy to, as as part of the Western society, it's easy for us to have a go at, uh, you know, the, the, the African countries and Asia and this, that and the other and back and forth, back and forth. But when it's held in the European countries, why are we not then addressing that as well? You know, I, I'm very big on that. It needs to be consistent. You know, we it's the next World Cup is going to be held in the USA. And I said at the time, I said, are we now going to go at the USA for certain policies that they have that uh, are abhorrent as well? Truthfully, we're not because it's the USA. Um, what I will say about Saudi Arabia, it is... I personally, and this is, oh, I feel I'm going to go on a rant here. I personally feel that every footballer, I don't blame them. I understand if someone's come at me with lots of money, uh, I understand the, the draw. Mm-hmm. If any footballer <clears throat> goes to Saudi Arabia and claims they have gone to Saudi Arabia for anything other than money, they are a disgusting human being. <laughs> Because that is an absolute joke. Yeah. There is no way that any footballer... There are footballers there. It's not like the MLS, okay? Where MLS, you're in your mid-30s, you know, late-30s, coming to the end of your career, you want a couple of years of just nice, easy football, and you want to call it quits. Mm-hmm. There are footballers there that are 24, 25, 26. One player has come from Barcelona, okay? a year in Barcelona and has left to go to a Saudi Arabian club at 26 years of age, plays for France, is regularly in the French squad. That guy isn't there to play competitive football, to raise awareness of the game in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Bullshit, right? Bull. It is a money-driven thing. How FIFA are not investigating where all this money is coming from wow. is downright disturbing. Yeah. Um, how that has just been completely forgotten. Um, we will go on to VAR later, I know. And I don't know if you're aware, but 
that particular incident, uh, which we'll talk about later between Liverpool and Tottenham, which mm-hmm. ignited another VAR controversy. The the referees, certain referees in that game, went to Dubai, which I know is in Saudi Arabia, but it, it's in that that kind of uh, that area, really, isn't it? Yeah. And and did a, a friendly match where they were paid handsomely, and you know they were. They're loving life, and then they had to come back to their job and did a piss poor performance, and yeah. they're not being looked at at that, you know. And there is one footballer you've already mentioned who has actually gone out there, Jordan Henderson. As you know, I am a Liverpool fan. He's been at Liverpool for eleven years. He's the captain. He's this. He's that. Exceptional footballer. Whatever. He has gone there whilst during the pandemic he was the lead captain, so to speak in supporting people who were struggling from poverty, who were struggling due to the effects of COVID or and and supporting players as a whole, really. He was that lead person. This then progressed on his out you know, amazing support of the LGBTQ community to to an unbelievable level of yep. support. Like unbelievable level of support. Changing, has... I think, changing complete perception of this kind of thing in football as well. Like, we were in, going in I such agree. a good direction. Yep. And what he has done, he has damaged his reputation by going to Saudi Arabia that can never be recovered. It's done. It's done. I know loads of people have spoken about it and this, that and the other, and he's come out. Um, it's done. He, he cannot do anything about it. These clubs, this this Saudi Arabian League, it isn't like China. It isn't like the MLS. No. This is very different. Exploiting human beings, okay? This money isn't from, oh, I run a sandwich shop and I've actually made a couple of millions. This is ex- money that's been used by exploiting people, probably to their deaths, let's be honest, um, and it is just being pumped and nobody's investigating it and it is, it's just file. I've got no time for it. I think it's something that uh, it needs to be kept away from football, from society. Yes, I'm a big, I've said it before, I'm a big fan of having these type of things, World Cups in these countries to improve the way they're seen in the world. Sure. However, it is abhorrent. Yeah. No exceptions. I will yeah. not bow to anything. No exceptions. I'm kind of with you in the fact that there is a part of me that someone put that much money in front of me. It's hard to... I'm not really in a position to turn that money down. No. This is the thing. I think somebody like Jordan Henderson and all these other players that have gone there, they, most of them, are in positions where actually... They don't really need to go. And yes, this is money that is essentially going to set their families up for generations. But yep. I firmly believe they could have found generation, you know, <laughs> setting money in other ways. And you think mm-hmm. this is this. Uh, you kind of think I would, almost, I would almost do anything for that money. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but it's like, yep. I guess you have to have a line. And I just think as a football fan, and I have said... On this show before, I've said to friends and family, like, you know, if a Saudi takeover happens for United, it's just like, it's, 
I've never. I mean, I've stopped putting any money into the club a long time ago. I mean, I just don't yeah. do that anymore. I mean, calling myself a fan of the, the club is difficult these days because of the way I feel about top flight football. And I think this stuff is just, yeah, it's just kind of indicative of the way that it's all kind of being run these days you know we talk about them needing to investigate where's the money coming from and it's like you the same can really be applied to the premier league and stuff with the the behaviors of clubs and what they're doing nobody's investigating because they're all getting paid and they're all involved and they're all corrupt and football that we know and love is not the same and i so i i've been watching (laughs) this slightly uh connected i've been watching season two of welcome to wrexham um, which is a great show, great documentary, mm-hmm. very heartfelt. Now, obviously, yes, all right, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have, have invested money into this club, but it's, it's still, you know, when you watch that, you can still kind of see the authenticity behind it. And it's like, you want to compete, you have to spend some money. So they're spending some money. And, you know, that's what's being done. I don't begrudge clubs spending money and generating money no. and doing sponsorship deals and stuff like this, but there has to be a line. And, doing those kind of deals with these kind of places where there's very serious questions about where that money's coming from and you know and like the stuff that you've talked about and then to be a player that has been very proactive in supporting you know marginalized people to then just kind of absolutely fob all of that off for money is really disheartening to see Um, because i think about young people watching football today and i i my nephew who's 12 is football obsessed he's football mad mm-hmm. he plays football he's one plays for the local teams and stuff like that and every time i see him i talk to him about how he feels about the game and i do see parts of it he doesn't really all the stuff the money and stuff it isn't really relevant to him he doesn't really understand it he's more just interested in what's happening on the pitch and playing football but you know, I think it might seep into some people and it will seep attitudes and just the way things are done will seep into young people because those listening to this show, whether you like football or not, there's a lot of people out there that do like football and it's, ve- you know, there's a lot of eyes on it and it has a lot of sway. Um, and I don't know what position football's going to be in. You know, I've talked again before about the state of boxing these days and it's just like yeah. it's, which is still happening now i fucking hate it i hate oh, it's it great. it's all yeah. this stuff going on and uh football's going that way like you know i i look i, I think oh it'd be great if my if, if my boy grows up to be a professional footballer and earns loads of money i don't even know i don't uh, is is it going to collapse? Is it football going to be that people are going to stop paying to see it? It's all just going to come down. It's the business of football going to change. Like it seems to be, and it has been on a path for a while, which I do not like. And this is just another thing, you know, Al Etifaki playing in front of like 900 people, like my local, Jordan Henderson and Steven Gerrard, like Steven Gerrard managing this team, all this money. Mm -hmm. And there's 900 fans turning up to watch it. It's like, what's going on here like you know this is not this is embarrassing this is not like you say it's not too it's embarrassing that's actually the perfect word to describe it it's absolutely completely and utterly embarrassing and you know we've naturally gone on to it anyway and football's becoming so mechanical at the moment um i was talking with in work with uh someone who's uh, i think about 14 years of age and he was saying, he said, he's an Everton fan. 
and he said, and I said, oh, you're you're not having a great season already, you know, you this 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 this. He said, but the difference is, it is that we get in the chances. It's like right, okay, well, you didn't score for the first three games of the season, so how are you getting chances? And he replied, and this is my trigger when it comes to this, when it comes to football, but our xG is high. <laughs> what do you mean your XG is high? Well, I learned the other day, this is him speaking now, that yeah. I, our XG matches what Man City's XG is. So, right, okay then. You said when we lost to, I'm making this up now, Arsenal 1-0, our XG said we should have had three goals. And I simply just turned to him and went, but you didn't put any in the net. So how can your XG be three goals when you didn't put any in the net. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like saying, um, I've got a note in my hand to say I'm a millionaire, but if you looked at my bank account, there's nothing there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's exactly like that. And he yeah. said, oh, I said, oh, I clearly don't know much about football with XG. XG is huge in football. I'm like, but it's it's not, though. It doesn't represent anything. No. I don't get, understand. And he was talking about, um, we were talking about things like assists and how important assists are in the game these days. And he said, oh, the, the new thing is pre-assist. You need a pre-assist from a defensive midfielder and this. And I'm like, a pre-assist? Yeah, the assist, the assist, the assist that assists the assister. I'm like, <sighs> what? But can you not see how utterly mental all this is? It's just utterly this, mental. Scr- this stat game where it's just like, let's anything that we can slap on a graphic and talk about to just generate interest and and pointless talking mm-hmm. points and this happens across so yep. many different industries as well it's not just football. yeah yeah and it's like you're you're right and so that's what's happening and they're sort of it's becoming so much about the brand and the franchise nature of it what can we sell and what can we show off oh, this player he's rated his rated xg his rated pre-assists are this and it's like because then oh yeah. we can sell that and we can do it's just it's really disheartening and i mentioned welcome to wrexham it's like even with the month the investment they had you just just you know you see the passion behind the town and you see it's, yeah. it feels more authentic yeah soul. that feels more authentic which is why I, i've struggled in years to connect with top flight football and far more interested in you know my local team because yeah they they want to play football and i think these people don't want to play football and it it's hard to take the results seriously it's hard to support and i'm not saying it's all of them of course it's not but yeah the machine the mechanical nature of it is just yeah i, I watched yeah, the the beckham documentary on netflix as well which everyone I everyone i know has seen the beckham documentary. so I, I think i've said this before one of my favorite players i would say my favorite player of all time messi mm. uh, maradona is my favorite player of all time beckham yeah. has always been my favorite player of all time yeah but um, you what despite... you watch that and it's like yeah he wasn't earning that yeah he went on to earn yeah. lots of money but when he started he wasn't earning the money that these no. players were and you see the drive and the passion and stuff and it's like it's so sad that it's just not around anymore at the top yeah. and it's and mark my words i keep saying it my friends make fun of me for saying it all the time it is a matter of time until non-professional footballers are playing in these professional teams and professional yep. leagues or, or alternatively a, a new league is set up by endeavor whoever these companies yep. are that is just nonsense football where anyone's playing retired players are being brought back in to play youtubers and celebrities and that's the thing that's going to be making them. and it's just 
I I hate it. I hate that that's a yeah. thing. And, and I know and the, the the side men had a had a. I don't know if you know the side men yeah. YouTube stuff, and 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 they had a, a match. And I had, I, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I had tickets this year. I'm and fine. Wasn't able to go. And I'm fine and with the, the entertainment. Na- I'm fine with the entertainment nature, but yeah. I I'm not fine with the established football playing yeah. to that which is what they do yeah. like when you see like the bbc like sharing memes and stuff like that and it's just like what are you doing what yeah. are you no, doing I, I, do you know what you you're gonna go down a rabbit i'm gonna go down a rabbit hole with this as well i do not i cannot stand how the if you want to be a professional football club act professionally on your social media outputs yes yeah. and they don't um you you no, they don't. It's really childish. Yeah. Um, it's not funny. No, um, <laughs> you have to be a fourteen-year-old child to find it funny. So, unfortunately, yeah. Um, the the incident between uh, Victor Osherman. I don't know if you've heard about the Victor Osherman and Napoli. Um, the other day, he plays for Napoli. He was given a penalty, missed the penalty, and they they their own TikTok put a, a stereotypical Nigerian accent over him. Oh my just goodness. Just mocking him, missing his own hit their own player missing a penalty and they mock I just yeah. don't I don't get it. I it's whenever I see them pop up, whether it be on Twitter or whether it be on TikTok, yeah. whatever, I skip past it straight away. I'm like, yeah. it's really childish. It's not funny. Um grow up. Yeah. And I would love to see these people in the, the positions that they're in to see what is going through their mindset when they are disparaging other teams as well you know one of the things that still remains in football and i grasp onto it a lot is that the players on the pitch still have that connection with other players on the pitch yeah you know when a game finishes they're still talking they're still shaking hands whatever and people you know these 14 i don't want to say 14 year olds again but the 14 year olds are tiktokers whatever a latching onto going, oh, you shouldn't be talking to your other... No, they're human beings yeah. who are yeah, enjoying yeah. playing football and they yeah. see their mate, they're like, oh, you know, and they're talking. Um, but football's going down an avenue and VAR, um, I'm just going to leave it on this one, is the... It's getting to a point now. If you look on Twitter, you will see every... A representative of every football club complaining about corruption. Yeah. Every team. Um, you will see... Uh, and I, I'm a Liverpool fan, and I'm saying it, Man United fan. That the referees are against us, and I'm like, are you for, are you serious? Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal—they generate probably about sixty percent of the money that comes into the sport. <laughs> Why on the hell on earth would there be corruption against these teams? It is just mind-boggling. Yeah, and every team is complaining about corruption about against their team. And I'm looking, going, well, if every team is complaining about corruption, why on earth, you, like, would the game would be in complete disarray? You know, I, I go and watch Merthyr Town. I remember seeing um, someone writing, clearly the referees against us are against us in this league and don't want us to go up. And I'm like, Merthyr Town, I don't think they go home at night and go, ha, oh, you know, like Cyril... <laughs> What's his name from? I can't remember his. Cyril from, Sneer. You know, with his Cyril Sneer with his, you know, with his cigar going. Yeah, got him this time. <laughs> Grow up, guys. But VAR is the most. It's the only thing I've seen so far where there may be corruption there, or not. If not corruption, complete incompetence. Yeah, yeah. Is is you know, there's corruption around football. I would say you know where and stuff is up for discussion. But yeah, it's the incompetence thing and. Uh, before like i talk about what i think about var can do we even know what happened the other night in the scotland game because it's just like yes from what i understood from what i understand they 
in the moment they didn't know like the referee was just for those that don't know Scotland were playing Spain and had a goal turned over like with you know half an hour to play or something and uh yeah and in the moment there didn't seem to be an explanation why like first it was offside then it was a foul and it was just like and this is like a couple of weeks after some audio had leaked showing pure incompetence from these assistant referees judging the video replays and not knowing what's going on and but have was there what was the final decision in that scotland game so why was that goal in that decision it was a foul on the referee um just to set the scene uh a a free kick was taken on the left hand side a very very tight angle it wasn't shooting distance and think of like a a crescent moon that's how the ball killed around you could have put three goalkeepers in the goal and they wouldn't have been anywhere near it yeah uh but in the build-up just as the, the the kick was taken uh one of the scotland players pushed the spanish goalkeeper into the goal um irrespective of any yes is it a foul 100% a foul if that ball had been crossed in referee would have given that a foul no doubt about it but that shot was so perfect the goalkeeper didn't even move yeah well apart from being pushed in the goal but didn't even move there was no this is like like when they give offside like to players that are not involved in in that have no you know effect on the play which happens all the time you know and and yeah I'm very much right. I think what needs to be done with with football at the moment, and many will disagree with me, it needs to be simplified. It needs to be simplified, right? Cricket does it really, really well, really, really well, and I think the 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 referees, umpires, whatever you want to call them, do it so well because they have trained in it and they have communicate good communication with each other <laughs> and this is the most important one good communication with each other yeah. that everyone else hears yeah yeah and i think that's going to be the big one yeah because you will see in a match uh, currently as we speak india and pakistan are playing it's by far i'd probably maybe say possibly second only to england australia as the biggest rivalry in cricket in this match there is like the the on the one um umpire is, is I'm saying umpire. I don't know why I'm saying umpire. One of them is English, the other one is Sri Lankan. Uh two in the in the kind of the box, the VAR box if you want to call it that, are uh Australian and New Zealand. Right? All different nationalities and they have managed to communicate difficult decisions with everyone in the stadium here. As heard. I remember going to cricket before. You buy a five pound little thing that goes in your ear, like you've got right now, and you will hear mm. the umpires talking to each other. Yeah, you yeah. will hear them. Yeah, they will. Like you will actually hear them communicating. And whilst you may not disagree, and this is a YouTube personality said this quite well. Mark Goldbridge, not a massive fan of him, but he absolutely. Said he's, he's he's smart, but he's also a YouTube character these days. That's his problem. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's become looking uh, for his, uh, like his moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he has highlighted this really well. A lot of rival fans will say, "Oh, what about this incident with blah blah blah?" And everyone refers to the the Wolves Manchester United incident. If you if you're not aware of it, yeah. Um, and he has said, whilst this is really really bad, and it's complete incompetence. What is happening now is not like an accident. It's not a mistake that someone has made. It is not a, a, a personal view. 
it is a calculated decision where someone, they have given facts and they've ignored the facts. Yeah. That's what is happening now. And I feel that's going to happen more and more and more. Do I feel referees are scared of players? Absolutely. That's what was the number one in this Liverpool game. I don't know if you've heard the... That's what I've got from it, is that they wouldn't stop the game because they knew the ref, that the players would be around them. Yeah. And they'd get loads of flack from it. Yeah. Um, I do think there's an arrogance in refereeing. 100%. Of course there's an arrogance in refereeing. Well, you it have has to, to be. You have to be. Yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. be. Yeah. You know, you can't You can't be a little wallflower when someone's screaming at you. Um, but once again, we go back to, do we want to conquer that the way referees have been spoke to? Yes. Have them mic'd up. Have the audio be released. Let the fans in the stadium know. The biggest problem is, I've been in stadiums, right, especially with Wales, at one point, Wales conceded a goal recently, and I thought the referee went to go and check VAR, and I kid you not, I was celebrating because I thought this goal is going to get ruled off. I'm so happy. <laughs> what actually happened, and someone has explained to me later, no, the Wales manager got a yellow card. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. And no one in the stadium knew that. They were all celebrating because he thought he went to go and look the VAR screen. Yeah. There's a complete lack of communication between players and fans there's a lack of commission communication between officials and fans and there's a lack of communication between all of them together yeah and that is what's killing football yeah um because it's it too much mechanical is garbage. absolutely killing it and you know i think you know stuff the thing the things about var recently all, all it's done is just kind of confirm everyone's suspicions about the way it's all yeah. communicated and so no one has a clue and no one it's all over the place it's absolute shambles and it's just like anything okay well it's a new thing and maybe they're still getting used to it and it's just like well it's not working they're not trained well enough don't implement these things until everyone knows what they're doing and the thing that yeah. kind of rubs me the wrong way and you might think you could say if you think i'm being stupid but it just annoys me that it's not it's not um you know it's not fa wide like it's 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 not in all the leagues to me yeah. that's like hang on hang on you're playing a different you're playing a different sport with different rules yeah. like oh because what they can't afford to have it in you know the championship or the lower leagues and stuff like uh, uh, league 2 or whatever it's like yeah. no why do they not all have it because to me that's not the same so you're playing to get promoted to a league that then has different rules it's like yeah I don't know why that's... I don't know how that's allowed to happen. And it's if it's purely because yeah. of a, oh, we've got more money and we can have better technology up here, it's like, no, that doesn't... Is Are there any other sports or rules that only apply... Where rules and systems only apply to the, to the top flight or a different league? The only other one I could think of is when in the Champions League, you know, when they put an assistant behind the goal... And yeah. Oh, yeah. that yeah. that was a lot of sort of relatively new from like ten yeah, years yeah. ago, it wasn't? And it was always kind of interesting, but it felt like okay, that's good. You got another pair of eyes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like with VAR and stuff, it's like it's gonna produce a different mindset. Mm -hmm. It's gonna produce a different approach because you're gonna get people playing to VAR. You're gonna get pressure in certain, like yeah. say, two referees and stuff. But then you got the other leagues. It's like oh, VAR doesn't exist, so. What sport are they playing? And I can't think of any other examples where there are diff there are different rules for different. The only leagues. the only possible thing I can think of is when you step up from you know youth to senior level of of sport. So tennis players, for example, you you won't have the the 
the facilities to to have whether an out is called you know but when you get up to the senior stage and i've seen it when you know when rank 452 was playing rank 525 you will still see that ball operation in play yeah it, it, there's no affordable i don't think there's an affordability issue here um i think that i i don't get assist i don't understand a system where you can only have it if you're rich enough yeah. i don't understand that that, exactly. that doesn't make sense yeah. that it should be the fa communicating communicating to players going we are now paying for this to have have this in your stadium yeah, you need to have this available in your stadium, ready to go. You know, a space where they have a VAR room or whatever. Hmm. That you need to have that. Even the League Cup, I, 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 nobody talked about this, and I was like, are we really at this point now where nobody's talking about it? There was a game, I think it was New, yeah, Newcastle Manchester City, and they said VAR would be in operation. Now I've seen where Wrexham are playing Newport County, and there's no VAR. Yeah. Makes sense because there's no facilities. Yeah. But then on the other hand, Liverpool were playing Leicester at Anfield and they announced there was no VAR in the game. <laughs> and I'm like, what? How can you do that? It's like, oh no, the I, VAR I mean, belongs to us. It's We got the special league and the special toys. You know, you can't have it. It's just kind of... Do, and do you know what the difference was? The, uh, the Man City-Newcastle game was live on TV. The Liverpool-Leicester game was not. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I think I've answered my own kind of question there, yeah, but yeah. It, it, it's, it's a dramatic. It, it's it's abs- yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. I, 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 it gets me more and more annoyed as time goes on. Um, someone said it as well. I, I really love this comment. Is that what? Oh, someone said it. It was Jess that said it actually. In that Liverpool Tottenham game, she said, "Why are you getting so angry? Because if there was no VAR." It, they would they they called on site offside anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I love the best thing about football. I love it when the referees do get it wrong because yeah. I've got something to latch onto. Yeah. What the anger I'm feeling now is different because it's like everyone around the world has seen it's a fact. The actual league have said it's a, it's a fact. Everyone possible has said it's a fact, and it has not changed the result. Mm-hmm. And that was irritating me. Yeah. Everyone has said, "Oh, yeah, we got it wrong. Sorry, guys." <laughs> I'm, so- and I'm not going to talk about Liverpool yet because it, it, it's. I'm talking like the Manchester United Wolves game. Wolves are in a relegation battle. Yeah, that point. If that point could have kept, could keep them up this season, and they get relegated because of that point, mm-hmm. and is an apology suffice? I think that's you know <laughs> that's millions and millions of pounds gone. Oh, sorry, guys. If I if I worked in a job. Where I did something so you know horrifically wrong, and I go, sorry, my manager would be like, sorry, is that all you've got to say? Yeah. No, Leo, you will be yeah. facing this. You'll be having this. We will, yeah. and they'll be put things in place. Saying sorry and going, ah, sorry, got it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Not enough anymore. It's just not enough. Yeah. And I miss the days. I can't. I sound old. I miss the days where referees just made mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So much simpler. It's just, yeah, I'm completely fine with it, you know, because it would always come back around as well. Generally, you know, it would balance out and uh, yeah, it just feels like it's messed everything up. And with all the money stuff on top of it that winds me up, it's just one thing after another. And this is why the football that I love just, you know, I will get caught up now and again, but then it's just hard for me to remain so truly invested. And because I know... It's not really the football that I enjoy. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, 
I think we should get rid of VAR, to be honest. I don't understand. Yeah. Or at least and I know where it, it came from. It came from loads of... I remember news headlines and people going, oh, should we have technology in football? Should we have it's okay to go, do you know what? We've tried technology. It just hasn't worked. Yeah. Should we yeah. just get rid of it? Yeah, yeah. And But I think it's the stubbornness to go, no, we will make it work. It's like having a, you know, 1995 Citroen Saxo and going, yeah. yes, there's no engine, but do you know what? We will keep trying to get it fixed. Yeah. Just <laughs> let it go. Yeah. And buy a new car. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's move on from football. Uh, so, yeah, Please. I could definitely rant a bit longer. But um, what else do we have? I was going to talk about some wrestling. Uh, do you want to move to that? Or is there something else you want to touch on? No, no, I'm or? happy. I'm happy to do that. So there's a couple of wrestling topics. Um, I am wearing a T-shirt for <laughs> AEW All In. On the back, it says, I was there. I was not there. I was not at AEW All In. I was due to be there. You went with some friends of ours. And um, yeah. before we get to this news, just give me your, your quick, I don't know, one or two line review. How was AEW All In at Wembley? And uh, yes, what, what what did you think about it? It was an experience I really enjoyed and it was a, a bit of a game changer. <laughs> okay, good to know. I guess, I think so this ties into one of our... You, at AEW All In, Lou. Uh, so we've got two big stories I want to talk about. One is WWE were bought by Endeavor. Um, you know, after years of uh, touting themselves around, uh, they've finally been sold. And there's things to say about that. But also, you were at AEW All In, and you, Lou, you got to witness CM Punk's last match, probably. Wow, yeah. Possibly ever. You may never, I think it'll be ever. never wrestle again. You got to see it. Um, I obviously watched the show live on TV. Um, thought it was a great match. I thought the show was generally great. It was fun. It was like a very fun show. Um, but it came out that just before CM Punk went out for the match, he uh, had a brawl with Jack Perry and got in, up in Tony Khan's face and some other wrestlers' faces or whatever. But there was some ruckus behind the scenes, which led to like a week of umming, umming and ahhing. And eventually, CM Punk, the AEW's biggest asset, their biggest draw, their biggest merch seller, being fired. Um, we've talked about CM Punk a lot on this show before, <laughs> <laughs> so it only feels yeah. right to continue doing so. Um, what do you think about CM Punk being fired? And we again, it's something we've talked about off air a little bit, but I got some thoughts that I generally I don't tweet a lot of opinions these days. I generally just tweet stuff I do and stuff yeah. about games, but all my wrestling stuff has kind of gone. But I definitely got some things to say about this. But what do you think about CM Punk being fired? Because that was a bit of a shocker, or was it? Or was it not a shocker? What do you think? So, so it's not a shocker. Let's be honest. It, I don't think anyone was shocked when it ha when he got fired. I don't think anybody was like, "Wow, I was not expecting that." <laughs> the 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 first time he kind of got suspended. Um, I lost a bit of my punk passion um, at that point. It, you know, sometimes if if you're on a, if you're on a field of cows and there's a pig going and there's a cow going, no, I'm a pig. You you believe them a little bit, and then sometimes you go, okay, no, no, sorry, mate, you're a cow. And that's mm -hmm. the thing with CM Punk. He's built up this reputation as someone who likes to ruffle feathers, and people have ignored it for for a very long time, from. Ring of Honor to WWE to UFC to AEW, there's been bits and pieces all the way through his his career. It's it. There's never been a quiet time for Punk. I don't think he's ever been mm. humble in the things that he does. 
So after that, I kind of lost my punk passion, I'm going to call it. Um, however, and we've disagreed on this quite passionately. I agree that punk needed to be fired. Okay. What I feel like with punk, I feel, and I don't think it was designed to happen at Wembley, but I feel there was a form, I know, I feel that Tony Khan had had CM Punk on this really detailed contract, right, that was worth tons and tons of money. And I, the moment the first situation happened, Tony Khan, I feel, wanted him gone. Um, and it got to a point when he was suspended where he was still paying Punk some sort of money uh, as a baseline, and he realised this is just draining us. Uh, brought him back, and I feel there was a bit of entrapment in there. And I know I've explained this to you. I feel that it was designed in a way that they tried to make... They knew what the type of person Punk was. Uh, he is a firework. And what I think they did was light a few fires and waited for Punk to bury himself. Um, there are numerous... If you look at the situations through the week, through the day, through the month, you will see so many times that they yeah. were trying to almost rile Punk. Um, I wouldn't be surprised... And this is my conspiracy theory here. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get Punk suspended before the event actually had happened, mm -hmm. truthfully. Mm -hmm. Judging by some of the things that happened. Now, I know you disagree with that. I don't completely um, you know, disagree, he... I will say. But I'll talk in a minute. Yeah, you carry I on. know he's the biggest merch seller, this, that, and the other. And, and I get it. You know, his, you have the T-shirt, I have the T-shirt. Sai was with us, also has the T-shirt. There's... Like, that says everything. I think that's the first wrestling t-shirt I bought since <laughs> The Miz in 2011, right? You know? Uh, what t-shirt was and, that? <laughs> what did, what did it you know, say? the You're Awesome, um, I'm Awesome oh, kind yeah. of Great. Like, name Great. badge. Yeah, I remember buying that from uh, Radio Shack in, yeah. in America. It cost me like $10. Nice. <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the John Cena tops were about 50 <laughs> The The Miz top was about $10. Uh, but yeah, it's... We know he's the biggest merch seller. We know the type of person he is. I just feel that it was designed in a way we need to get him off this contract. And the only way we're going to do it is mm. if through ill discipline. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if it later surfaces. Punk needs to be sacked. He does. The fact that there were rumors about him going back to WWE, at no point did I believe that ever happening, would, would ever happen. Not a chance. I think that he's burned those bridges. Whether he burned those bridges when he left... Um, I don't know, but his his attitudes towards WWE at AEW, you know, some of the comments he made doing promos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I think he's burnt those bridges, and we I think we both agree that his time at AEW is done. He'll never come back. He won't go to Impact Wrestling. No. That's not something. I don't think they have the financial no. capabilities to even have him for a night. No. Um, <laughs> I I don't think he is skilled enough now mm. to go to Japan I it, don't think he could he, you'd do that mm -hmm. I, <laughs> that's a dodgy one I know but I think he's done I, he's done I, I think he's burnt out um, he has got a lot of pent up anger and aggression and I I, I think he's done yeah I think uh, I don't completely disagree with the notion that he was potentially set up but like you said he also needed to be fired, so it's kind of like you know, it's it's so it's hard to to hold it against them too much. But what, like for a long time, I 
I've liked so much of what he's done and I've liked so much about him. And I actually think there's nothing wrong with being a bit of a dick. Like to mm-hmm. like you you're gonna he's, he seems relatively authentic and it's like so really sometimes to get somewhere to make an impact, you do have to think about yourself. You do have to be selfish and yeah. that can work and as long as nobody's really getting hurt and stuff, it's sort of so. What if you're a bit of a prick? Like some of my my favourite people of all time are bits are a bit of a prick. You know, as long as you're not out there, like I say, causing physical harm and even getting into a sort of fist fight. You know, I would say like all this stuff about them having him having fights with the elites. It's just like it's so sad. Like, can these yeah. millionaires just grow up and just get on with their lives? But I also don't yeah. begrudge arguments and stuff. I'm like MJF said that thing in his promo after the show where he was like yeah we don't all like each other and it's not all sunshine because that's normal and that's life yeah i work with like 200 people at my work i'm not best friends with all of them like it's just like, i'm not going to go in and punch any of them but i'm also not in an environment where literally your ego is like the main thing that gives you success so yeah it's a very weird strange place to be so i don't begrudge his personality i don't begrudge him for being the way he is i don't begrudge him for getting riled up I don't even begrudge him for punching someone in the face i just think sometimes it just happens like this, this happens in life i think yeah move on yeah. um i do think he was becoming an more of a net negative because of clearly nobody else really wanted him there and i think as a you know as tony khan as a business owner has to think okay what's it's, it doesn't matter how much merch he's selling how much money he's making this could have a knock-on effect and a long-term effect that ruins the company so you've got to make those tough calls yeah um and to be fair sorry to interrupt and i will say i i've been quite outspoken especially to you about tony khan one of the things i think he did really really well doing the first punk suspension is manage the elite and the punk stuff mm. because at that point he had a choice lose his biggest merch seller or lose like kenya maker yeah the young bucks that yeah. is that is in AEW's world. Yeah, it's either sack Triple H or sack The Rock and Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And he, I felt he managed that well. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. them. But no, I, I felt that. Way. You're right. You're right. And yeah, I'm sort of fine with some of the behaviour to a degree. I think yeah, just grow up, move on, move past. This happens. It's like you deal with it, and as a manager, you need to deal with it as well. Um, we know we know Tony Khan can be dramatic and ridiculous. It's just the way he is. But that aside, so. I was still surprised that he was fired because um, because of the business side of it. Because I thought, oh, maybe, you know, and there was rumours that he was trying to mend fences and stuff like that. But maybe, yeah, they just weren't interested and, that you know, mend fences with the elite. Um, I thought that storyline of him with the belt was just stupid and dumb. Like, I, don't, I, I don't like that. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't like any story like at the moment in AEW they're doing that thing with Jay White where he's taken MJF's belt I hate yeah. taking the belt it just makes you look like an I, I don't know I don't know what that achieves that wrestling trope I absolutely hate it makes you look like I think it does more harm to the characters that they're not going to authentically even as a heel I just think yeah just nicking the belt and running off it's just kind of stupid um so I, I thought- I, I'd agree with that actually as well and and based on that I think what it does give the image of is when you're five years of age and someone's taking your football yeah, and you're going, come get it, come get it, and it makes the person wanting the football look weak. 
yeah. really does. And yeah. I ne- I'm not a fan of it at all. Yeah. I agree 100% with yeah. you on that. Um, so, yeah, and then it all transpired. Obviously, he got fired and it's like, okay, yeah, maybe AEW can move on from this. But here's my bone to pick with kind of the whole Ooh. thing. Um, because Here we go. Even through all that, I still kind of liked CM Punk. But mm-hmm. in the subsequent weeks or month or whatever it's been, here's what I don't like. I think he, all he has done since he's been fired is essentially pretend it's not happened, make very subtle, stupid jokes on his commentary for the MMA stuff that he does, um, and maybe do like an odd snidey Instagram post. For him to get fired and have, mm-hmm. for, since this has happened, give zero acknowledgement to... He, he was a top merch seller. I know yep. people that bought his t-shirt. I know people that love him. He has basically given absolutely nothing to those people. And I think it shows that he's more selfish and more arrogant and more of a prick than I think I would like yeah, someone to be. And for him to be silent on the whole thing, whole thing, I don't think this is a legal thing. There's nothing wrong with him saying, you know, just want to send a quick message. Thanks to all my fans who've had my back. Exactly. You know, I'm going to move on and do other things. It's That's all he needs to do. Yeah. yeah. Why is he too cool and too smug and too arrogant to do that? And I don't think it's a legal thing. I think it's just he's a knob. And I think it flies in the face of all the people who've supported him through through his knobbery and through his, you know, prickery to just completely not acknowledge all the support because I seen he can do it. He did it when he first came to AEW and it felt real. And it's like, why are you just, he's just continuing to act like a child. And it really upsets me that, yeah, because I don't like it when I don't like ranting like this but it's just you know i love wrestling and it's so it's something that i'm going to have an opinion on and it's like i was someone who went on a journey with him and it's like even through him getting fired i still felt like yeah well maybe he's been slightly hard done by this happens Mm -hmm. but for them to him just kind of like just kind of yeah brush Mm -hmm. it off and make stupid jokes it's almost like like, when you look at that yeah when you look at the merch stuff it's almost almost you're saying he's saying well you should be buying my merch because i'm that good yeah why yeah. wouldn't you be by my mate? And I think you're not on screen in wrestling now, you know, send a message via Instagram, send a message or on your Twitter and stuff like that. He doesn't have to do anything, but I think the fact he hasn't when he was such a big star just makes him look like an absolute knob. And I just think maybe he's not a very nice person. And mm-hmm. we've kind of acknowledged he clearly has anger issues and stuff like that. And, you know, I obviously don't know him personally. He doesn't necessarily have to do anything but i do think he owes acknowledgement to Mm -hmm. the millions of people who loved love him bought his merch and had his back through all the shit from the past year for him to be silent on it i just think you're a dick man (laughs) and so it's really disheartening because i liked i liked him a lot and i i don't like him at all now i think he's just torn it because yeah, even when he came back to AEW, I was like, all he needs to do is just send a nice apology or something. And he sort of did that article with the magazine where he apologised, but he didn't apologise. He was like, he was still mm-hmm. having a go at Hangman Page. And it was like, yeah, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, you're a grown man. So, so Someone, I, I once heard a peer manager once to say, said, if you do something wrong, you either say everything or you say nothing. Yeah. 
And I think with Punk in this situation, he's stayed silent on the things that he shouldn't stay silent on. So like you said, an apology, acknowledging the fans at least, or looking at going, look, I will be back in, in some capacity. But also saying too much because he's, like you said, he's going on these programs and commentaries and stuff and making really subtle and let's be fair childish yeah. responses yeah know? yeah this guy isn't a if mjf was doing this now i would go do you know what the guy is in his in his early 20s yeah i completely understand it yeah right is it's his is it, this is his first experience of being on tv and having the spotlight on him i get it and in 10 years time he would go do you know what? i was an idiot back yeah then. Yeah. Right. I, I I was such an idiot. You look at like Shawn Michaels. Look at that reflection he's done on on his life. But this is a guy who's in his forties. Yeah, yeah. Like, grow up. Yeah, he really <laughs> like does. You're, need... a, you're 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 a, you're an old not an old man. Yeah. You are a man who has gone past his prime, past his peak. You know he could have come in. You look at all the stuff with with Edge now joining AEW. It just feels different, yeah. doesn't it? It just feels different. You just know he's coming in there. He's gonna when he whether he lasts six months or six years. You know when he leaves, he will leave something important behind. Yeah, yeah. And Punk, I feel, has become everything that he's hated. Yeah. When he was younger, he is the hulk hogan now he's selling his merch he they know how valuable he is mm-hmm. he hasn't offered less as far as i'm aware he hasn't inspired anyone backstage to be different <laughs> you never hear anyone come out going i really look up to people like punk no. i know you don't hear that yes WWE, you heard that quite a lot but hey no one's saying that the moment punk got sacked the one thing that stood out to me was how many wrestlers backstage, not backstage, in media interviews were burying Punk. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, he's just been sacked like three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you are absolutely burying his impact. Yeah. And there is no positive stories about him. Yeah. Abs- uh, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there may be redemption for him yet, but I just wanted to touch on it because, like I say, we've spoke about it many times on the show and I thought we had to wrap up yeah. the you know, the punk talk. And it's a shame because I was all invested in him, absolutely loved him. And it's just like, yeah, I think it's he's ruined the illusion and, you, you know, he fancied himself as a bigger star than John Cena. And look at the way John yeah. Cena conducts himself. And you can think it's cheesy or whatever you want, but that guy just yeah. seems like an absolute class act. And I think this yeah. is why John Cena is where he is and why CM Punk will now probably never work in wrestling ever again. Will probably yeah. never be a big movie star. And yeah, we'll no. just be commentating on some dingy MMA fights. It's like, good luck to you, yeah. mate. I hope you're happy. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a and slap he will, in the face. He will be going fans. into his 60s when we're getting older. We'll still see him in his 70s and 80s, that grizzled old veteran type thing where yeah. he will be moaning about you know, some wrestler who everyone loves and is doing really well. He's like, oh yeah, but he's not really good. He's not like me. Yeah. You know, that Hulk Hogan, that Ric Flair, yeah. grizzled veteran moaning about the new group coming through. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. And like he could, um, it, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's, I'm fine with people being a bit of a dickhead, like, you know, but I just think, yeah, you've got to be, I think he believed he, I think he believes he was always right. And it's like, yeah, no one is always right. <laughs> So, no. you know and it's fine to be wrong now and again it really really yeah. is um 
Let's move on to our next topic, uh, which I did touch on. So it's WWE being bought by Endeavor. We're continuing the wrestling talk. This is two carrots, of course. Um, I got a few things I wanted to say because um, this is kind of connected to a lot of stuff going on right now. You know, consolidation, things, companies being bought and all this. But we've said for a long time, it looks like WWE are priming themselves to be sold, maybe to Disney, maybe to this, that and the other. But no, they've been bought by Endeavor, who, for those that don't know, also own UFC. This is a huge... If you thought WWE were big before, I you have seen nothing yet. And what do you think yeah. about this deal? Um, yeah, and what it means for the future of WWE. I know in, and I, my following of WWE is the news headlines and the Twitter clips and stuff. I don't really watch the shows anymore. I know you watch it more than me. I've watched maybe some of the recent pay-per-views, but... WWE have now been bought by Endeavor, and in more recent news, it looks like old Vinnie Mac, who came back because he wanted to run things, has kind of been shown the door by the people in charge as well. So, yeah. uh, no, actually, no, we want Triple H to be in charge. So um, he's not been fired, but he's had kind of creative control revoked from him. And Vince McMahon may have had, be careful what you've wished for, because he might have got maybe a nice payday out of it. But, you know, he loves to be in control and it looks he's not in control. He has a boss now. And um, yeah. yeah, WWE bought by Endeavor. What do you think about it, Lou? It's, as you said, it's huge. It's huge. I think we'll see a lot more crossovers. I think we'll see a lot more media stuff put out. Um, I think that there's just a mammoth thing, the amount of things that they can do. You know, I don't think WWE's reach in the UK and other countries is big is as big as it should be. Mm-hmm. I think that will expand. I think you'll see a lot, of, like I said, crossovers quite a lot. I wouldn't be surprised in two years' time we see a a, a USC match with Bobby Lashley versus whoever. You know, it, it wouldn't be. It would not surprise me. Um, as you said, the, the removal of Vince McMahon. It it is what it is. You know. You, you, I've watched a couple of I haven't watched WWE in, in a long time as in like a, a full show mm. um, it's like you have watched quite a lot of highlights and you can already sense the, the Triple H effect coming back in yeah a little bit you can you can sense that in terms of the some of the decisions um, it is what it is it's a it's a business deal that is gonna go all the way down the line I think that wrestling will change for the better uh, for me in terms of the way uh, I don't know if you follow. Remember Maven from the the old yes, yeah, yeah. Early, early. He does an amazing. He's got an amazing social media outlet yeah. there talking about the history of WWE. You know, even so much as the wrestlers get a, a base pay and then they get paid on the shows that they do, they have to organize their own hotel rooms. They have to organize their own flights. I think all that will start to phase out, and yeah. it will be a well-oiled right. You need to be on this plane at yep. this time yep. tomorrow. I think it will be organised better. I think we'll start to see that affect things, though. You know, it, at the moment, WWE is very much this like well-oiled machine. It, there's AEW is the grittiness that people want. They would love this grittiness, and I think it will become a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if we see us return back to the really really corny pg era to be honest in the the style of wrestling we're gonna get yeah and i think they're gonna powerhouse everything even you know we've talked off 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 mic about aw you know potentially smackdown being on a wednesday and and this that and the other i think they will start to go right we need to take down other rival companies when actually they should be looking more at going let's acknowledge these companies that they exist yeah yeah but no it's business it's 
it is completely completely going to change and i watched an interview i highly if you're a wrestling fan listen to this i think even if you're not a wrestling fan go listen to it so um billy corgan smashing pumpkins who also owns nwa huge wrestling yep. fan he did an interview with chris van vliet who is like a sports and wrestling youtuber you know commentator or whatever um does great like podcasts and stuff with people he just did a really good one with killing killing cross which i highly recommend as well um he had a long chat with billy corgan about this this is from a couple of months ago the state of wrestling and they talked about this deal and as i said at the start billy corgan talked a lot about like if if you thought wwe was a big company before Mm -hmm. just you have not seen anything yet like people are underestimating what this deal means buying if disney had bought them it would have been huge but this is like 10 times like People need to understand how many the the marketing reach and pull that Endeavor and UFC have. Now, again, this gets us into not so great territory as well as we talked about with the football because they put shows on in Saudi and stuff and they have all those deals. That's just going to continue and just grow mm-hmm. because all they want to do is be the biggest thing in the world. The machine is going to be huge. The production value is going to be huge. The cameos the appearances from people the way you might see some of the traditionalness of wrestling disappear you know the sanctity of the titles and stuff may change i mean triple h is in charge for now but obviously he's not gonna be around forever it's it's definitely all gonna change and wwe will be burying well they'll be everywhere more than ever their stars will be doing crossovers like you say and possibly in more tv and movies because that's what those types of people are built for yeah they have the connections it's you're just going to see a marketing and brand explosion that is i mean you already are with the increase in stadium shows and you know and and things like that that's just gonna not stop um Mm -hmm. whether that means the actual thing on tv is going to be any good i mean i don't know i'm sort of quietly positive about it because business aside and you know business decisions aside like the 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 saudi thing it's sort of different like with the football club because like i say i feel like it's not the set it's like football club is supposed to be grassroots authentic and real it's like wwe wrestling it's entertainment it's like you know Mm -hmm. it's and i can i don't have to watch the saudi shows and stuff like that so um and it's not saudi owned which is i think kind of a primarily thing i can separate I'm quietly positive about the show. I think, yeah, Triple H being in charge is a very good thing. Um, the stuff we saw this week with NXT was just nonsense, I think. Yeah, just competing <laughs> with AEW, bringing John oh, Cena I mean, and The Undertaker to, to NXT is like... <laughs> I mean, I thought I thought you weren't scared of NXT, AEW, It's like sending David Beckham to, like, Luton Town Reserves. Yeah. I've a couple of games there. Um but yes, this is obviously, this is the way the world is going. We're seeing it more and more. Everything is in flux. Everything, you know, economically and in entertainment, we're, we're living through this transitional period where legacy media is basically dying or dead. You know, we've talked about how we watch TV and stuff on this show before and, and cable TV is dying. Everything is through the internet. Everything is changing, you know wwe being bought by endeavor we talked about disney apparently disney are shopping themselves around to be bought by potentially apple and it's like amazon own 
everything on planet Earth. Like, you know, it's like, this is the thing, like, the other thing that's in the news this week is, you know, the Microsoft and Xbox acquisition of ABK and people are like, oh my God, it's huge consolidation. Yeah, it is, and consolidation at that size is scary. Amazon lit run the world basically and are continuing to run the world. They do they they do everything. They do shopping. They do uh, TV. They do movies. They do gaming, space travel. Like it's just kind of like it's such a weird time to be living in. And I am one of these people that I don't really go on. I do have my lines and I keep mentioning Saudi and stuff like that. I'm not anti-capitalist I, I don't think billionaires should exist i think that is nonsense and i don't think healthcare you know capitalism shouldn't be anywhere near healthcare and stuff and education and stuff like that but when it comes to like entertainment and stuff i'm a bit like do whatever you want and i mm-hmm. as a kind of consumer and viewer am always fascinated at watching this stuff unfold because even though wwe have been bought by endeavor you this doesn't mean that it's impossible for other people to break through and it's like yes Mm -hmm. they have a stranglehold but these but this is it's not the tv it's not one channel Mm -hmm. on the tv that everyone's gunning for space for no me and you are doing this podcast right now our stupid little podcast anyone can flick on their phone and start something i was just reading vampire survivors were doing a tweet that that game there's like we've got two hundred twenty thousand positive reviews on steam this is a game made made and published by one person and it's like mm. one of the best games of the last year oh it's and, superb. Absolutely. And so it doesn't matter how big your corporation is there's always stuff that's going to break through i believe in that i believe creativity can exist and will be forced to exist more than ever with consolidation happening do whatever you want and some people want to argue that companies will bury creativity and not allow stuff to grow i think opportunities are wider than they've ever been before and everything's in flux we're all figuring out what the next kind of 10 20 years are going to be like with entertainment and media and technology and ai and everything that's fucking going on it is terrifying Mm -hmm. but i'm not like i am fascinated by it all and i am and then as a consumer i think what does it do for me yeah. And I could sit here and complain about my mobile phone and the 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 labor that went into making my mobile phone, the slave trade that, you know, bring that for the minerals that go into the batteries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would be a hypocrite and we're all hypocrites yeah. in that sense. Yeah. But, you know, that doesn't mean we're not allowed to complain because we are. This is the crazy world we've been born into and we live in. But, you know, I pick and choose and like I say I have my lines. Um and I just I'm fascinated by it all. I'm very, very interested to see where it goes because it it's basically fifty fifty. It could be a really really good thing and give mm-hmm. loads of people loads of work and loads of consumers loads of great entertainment, or it could be a bad thing. The whole thing could, could collapse. I do think top flight football is going to collapse. I watched um Interstellar uh, a few weeks ago as well, and I forgot about. There's that scene in Interstellar. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but they're watching a baseball game at the start and they're watching the Yankees, but they're playing it mm-hmm. like they're playing like in a muddy field. And it's like the world famous New York Yankees. And I saw that and I was like, probably go in that route because people are going to, what is important in future and where the money goes. Yeah. Sport is like, I don't know. I really don't know. And so it's entertainment and technology. Yeah. And it's, that's why sport has to become entertainment to yeah. thrive. Um, and, I, so, and I, I'll always say to people, I think the 
the beginning of the end and i will happen i I, feel, I believe this completely when the um the ownership of man city is contested uh whether it be legally or whether it be the 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 owners pull out i mm-hmm. think that's when we'll see the collapse mm, from the yeah. top down if yep. you know if you they build in their house on something that isn't secure yeah um yeah and i think once you see that once that is taken away from them i think you'll see a, a huge huge shift and that i agree is... with you i think it's going to happen that is the story of the world, I think, at the moment, because I think a lot of people with a lot of money in very important yeah. positions know that lots of things aren't worth saving. And all that it's like the NHS. It's just let's make as much fucking money as we can before this whole thing collapses, because that's what's good. That's yeah. it's it's happening. Yeah. It's happened already. So no saving yeah. it. It's like and that's why every it's why all the stories that come out about that are so hard to grasp and understand. It's like, no, they're not doing anything to save it. That's because no. it's not savable it's not mm-hmm. savable and i think that applies mm-hmm. yeah to lots of other things so yeah i've completely gone off a tangent here i know but it's no, just like gaming football wrestling these are the things we talk yep. about it's funny how connected it is to the wider world but you know you Absolutely see business is in flux every single business on planet earth is making people redundant you know it's it's always shocking when you see amazon lay off 5000 people microsoft lay off 10,000 people it's like yeah they employed 20,000 in the pandemic and stuff like this is what happens everyone's figuring it out those people will find work elsewhere and it's like i know people personally who are getting made redundant the company i work at made people redundant last year this it's happening at every Mm -hmm. single level and so i love watching it all play out in a bit of a sick way i'm also very selfish and i think does this mean that I'm now going to get UFC and WWE in the same subscription <laughs> in future? Because yes, yeah, probably. And it's like, good. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm-hmm. good. I mean, uh, that's good for me. And I'm sure lots of people will get employed. Everything's in, in flux, I know, but it's, it's just Would wild. you have said, would you have said five, six, seven years ago, the same streaming platform that you can watch Star Wars... You can also watch Family Mate, Guy. Mate. So, or you can also watch X-Files. Or you can this, also watch Little Mermaid. I And I have to pinch myself. And I get it. And like we say, everyone talks about, oh, Disney's shopping themselves around because they're losing money. It's like, yes, people are still figuring out how to make all this stuff work. And it's like consolidation bad, Disney buying Star Wars bad. I'm telling you now, no one gave a shit about Star Wars until Disney bought it. No one. No. Disney, no. Disney have made people care about star wars no matter what you think about the quality of certain shows and stuff yeah. like that star wars is bigger than it has ever ever been we have talked about yeah. star wars on this show and that's like yeah. one of seven thousand star wars things and yeah some people hate star wars lots of people i know, love I know people who have watched the star wars tv series on disney plus but have never seen a star wars film <laughs> Exactly. The most recent Ahsoka, Ahsoka um, yeah. TV series. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I haven't seen the first it. One I've seen clips. Yeah, yeah. And I and I'm sure they do it on Mandalorian and all this. And I, it clicked mm. with me. I was like, oh my god! It said at the bottom, at the end of the credits, based on Star Wars by George Lucas. And I'm like, based on this is Star Wars. <laughs> like, but I'm like, wait a minute, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not Star Wars. This is about a, a character yeah. that just so happened to be mentioned in the Star Wars world. Well, actually, this particular character was never even mentioned in the films. Yeah, and yet yeah, they it's... dedicated a whole TV series about it. And I'm like, 
Oh my god, yeah. And when you said it, you know, Disney made Star Wars. My my gut was like, mm. and I went, no, you're right. No, it's I remember never growing up, no, no one even care about Star Wars. No, the only pe- people that cared about Star Wars were in their forties. Yeah, yeah, like people, Star Wars fans, and it's like it was niche. It's like okay, it was a huge movie and stuff like that, but there was no no one asking for brand new series and tuning in to yeah. see what so-and-so is doing and yeah all right it's stupid some of it's stupid some of it's good so nothing is always going to be perfect but you know even look at the video games yes look at exactly. the video games the video site. games my, my son is wearing yesterday wore a grogu jumper to school he he's never watched the mandalorian <laughs> but he knows who grogu <laughs> is and he wants yeah. a Grogu toy. It's like, yeah, this is a business and it's utterly nuts. And I know there's people at the top getting disgustingly rich. But there's also loads of other people getting a lot of enjoyment and a lot of work out of it. And it, things need to be balanced out. And we'll get there in the end one way or another. But yeah, just Star Wars would not be where it's at without consolidation. And some people will say Star yeah. Wars is shit now. Well, I don't know. Some Actually, some people are saying some of the stuff Star Wars has done recently is the best stuff it's ever done, and it's like I've, I, so. We already mentioned doing the the kind of uh, Patreon thing we put up about the Obi Wan series. Yeah, um, that scene in Obi Wan series is the best scene I've ever seen in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. People raved about Andor as well, and there was like this yeah. is the stuff. So good can come of it. Um, yeah, it remains to be seen. We have to hold these huge comp- corporations, you know have to hold yeah. them to account and call them out which is why like i say we call out football and call out this that and the other but it is interesting to to wonder what we're gonna get and like you say all these streaming all these things on one streaming service i love it and we're all we are spoiled um i think so far it's produced more good than bad um we'll see where we go in future um what else was i gonna say yeah so i'm sure in the future we're gonna talk loads more about Star Wars and football and wrestling and stuff, but um, that was the bulk of our show today. But we are gonna do a collector's corner, I think, to wrap up yeah. today, Lou. Um, it's okay. been a while. It's collector's corner. Yeah. If if you're a first time listener, who knows? You might be a first time listener. Collector's corner. Lou and I uh, obsessively like to buy, get a bargain on eBay. It's a difficult to find a bargain these days. You know, find things on eBay. You know, think games, toys, and books and stuff from our past. Uh, and we like to fill ourselves with toxic nostalgia and stuff from our collections and all this. And so we bring stuff to Collector's Corner to talk about and show off. Why don't you start? It's been a while. What are you bringing to Collector's Corner for this episode, Lou? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do mine uh, pretty quickly. I've got two here. Um, I sourced this uh, online and I was like, wow, I'm going to latch onto that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have this anymore. Okay. We don't have this in the world anymore and we need to make sure that we keep this alive. Strategy guides. Yeah. Strategy guides. Original yes. strategy guides. Yeah. Guys, we need to keep these things going. This is the media that you need to have constantly. This yep. needs to come out. Screw your YouTube clips of how to beat boss five in level four. Yeah. We need to be reading it. Yeah. This, honestly, is one of the best things I've ever bought on Collector's Corner because the person selling it didn't care. Mm -hmm. But honestly, the care into this is unbelievable. Um, And I have this one, as you can probably see. It's Grand Theft Auto Strategy Guide. Yeah. but the the one I really want to kind of point out is the official strategy guide for 
Resident Evil Nemesis. Oh my goodness. Um, oh it's a bit weathered goodness. on the front, but honestly, this is... Like, can you beat the following sentence, okay? Okay, yeah. Press R1 <laughs> and fire as soon as you've seen Mikkel's back on screen. Like, <laughs> that is... like. That is brilliant, and it looks at secrets, <laughs> techniques, facts, and I yeah. remember having these and reading them before I played the game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yep, guys, we need. And I'm sorry if I'm destroying my microphone here if you are a headphone listener, but these are the artwork that goes into it, the map design, the creatures on it. That ah, oh, it's just like you can probably hear the passion in my voice. These need to keep going, and this is. I remember one strategy guide that was super, super thick. Um, these are tiny in comparison. These need to be kept in production. And I'm going to leave it at that. But, but yeah, um, these cost a grand total of £5 for the both. Which, oh, my um, goodness. That's lucky because they're usually horrifically expensive these days yeah. to get hold of. The person was selling the Grand Theft Auto one. And I looked in the box and saw Resident Evil 3 and I said... How much for the both? And they said you can have both for a fiver. And I was like, wow, okay. You, where did you pick these up, sorry? Uh, so I picked them off, off um, our Facebook Marketplace. But oh, okay, when yep. they were selling Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. and when I got there, they had a, a box that they had kept them all in. I said, how much is it for that, mm-hmm. for them both? And they said, oh, this, just, just give me five pounds. I just need to get rid of them. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, they're going in the bin. <laughs> Sacrilege. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I know. They had a, a great one, and sorry for Final Fantasy people here. Final Fantasy X, uh, the book, I think, was about 400 pages. I remember owning it, and they had that in the collection that they were selling as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't grab that at the time, but uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Sorry, I am listening to you. I was just trying to frantically scan through my phone for one of the things that I wanted to... I've got something here to show, but I wanted to find... I'll have to put a picture up on um, the video, because I don't know why... I thought I had a picture, a really recent picture of it. Um, that's annoying. Um, I completely agree. I have uh, a couple of strategy guides down there. I have a few. There's some you know, I put up in my newly <laughs> built loft and packed away. Um, some of my favorites I have are the Skyrim strategy guide, which is superb. Vanilla Skyrim. It's got all the potion yeah. lists and stuff, the artwork, the way it is. One of my favorites of all time that I have. And I... I bought this the week after I bought the game in 2000 and for, when did it come out? Four. So it's the strategy guide for Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater on PS2. Mm-hmm. That's the, the last, one I remember having. The last like 20 pages are a Metal Gear Solid retrospective of just like the story and the characters wow. and things like that. And so it's not a walkthrough for the game, but I must have read it like five times over because again, this was still early days of reading stuff on forums and the internet and stuff. And I was, I was a late adopter of the internet as well. So I very much was still buying the strategy guides and stuff. And yeah, yeah, I'm completely with you. And it's, uh, it used to be a bit of a tradition for me to when like a really big game was coming out, coming out, I would buy the game and the strategy guide at the same time. Um, Because they would often have that in game, like, you know, there right next to it. And and not because I'm like a cheater, but like, I just, I always wanted to soak up everything, every nook and cranny. And, you know, and I, I, 
I would refer to the guide if I got stuck. I wouldn't necessarily let it follow me, uh, guide me step by step, but it was more just like a reference thing. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'm completely with you. I love a good strategy guide. And um, there's some, you tr like I say, you try to buy them on eBay now and they go for like 50 quid, sometimes 100 quid. So yeah. you've done well with the Resident Evil 3 one. Please take some pictures of that so we can yep, share that on social media because that looks superb. Um, talking of Facebook Marketplace... So what I was frantically searching for was um, was a picture of something I bought on Facebook Marketplace for 15 quid. Um, and that is a CD player. Um, now, through nice. all this sorting of stuff and putting stuff in the attic, what I did do was dig out my CD collection, which my CD collection goes back to when I was like, I don't know, 12 years old, maybe. Um, I've got some of the first CDs I've ever bought still, and I've just built up along the way. I have loads of CDs. I have, an un you know, I have more CDs than I have space for to keep. But now many of them are packed up in the attic. But I was like, I have my record player downstairs and my vinyl as well. But there was, because I had all the CDs, I was like, I have no way to use these CDs. And some of them I don't have on vinyl and some of them aren't on Spotify as well. So I was just like, I need a CD player and I mm -hmm. went on Facebook marketplace and found I'm so annoyed. I don't have a picture to show you, but um, I should have taken one. It's covered in Halloween decorations at the moment as well. So it wouldn't <laughs> be the best picture to take right now. It's got spider webs and stuff over it. Um, yeah. A little Sony micro hi-fi in essentially oh, yes. pristine condition with CD player on the top, radio in the middle, oh. tape at the bottom, silver. And it's got like the wood finish on the speakers and stuff absolutely beautiful stunning picked it off from a bloke that lives not far from here for 15 quid and it looks so good set up next to my record player and i tell you what ever since i've set it up i i do the thing that i do with vinyl which is if i'm going to listen to some music i i actually put it on and i will listen to the whole album you know mm -hmm. i was just like chilling in the living room with a cup of coffee listening to music it's like you know it's so easy to forget how gave me amazing then, yeah. yeah how amazing it is to do that and mm. uh so all my cds but what i picked out in particular is my cd collection uh of all my cky albums which wow vary from sort of new this is their newest album which came out in 2017 but i have a so these are original albums here and i have a couple in particular so this one this is their. This is sealed. This is a sealed CD of their first album. This is 1999. This CD is from. I have multiple wow. copies of it. I have a sealed copy there. Here's another CD, another album they released, which also came with a DVD with music videos of every single song on as well. Here's that album I bought in 2004, which I bought in college, and then I went. I met one of my best mates, Tom, who was also happened to be a CKY fan. We went to the gigs together <laughs> that year as well. This also has, if you look on there, it says enhanced CD. Oh yeah. With never before released footage, there's a CD-ROM there that you could put in that. your computer and yeah, watch I remember videos. That. I have the receipt still here from oh. HMV right there. So look, it's all pretty much faded, but this cost me eight ninety nine. What was the date I bought it? Oh, it's so faded. I can't see. It's too faded. That's what receipts do. I, but I use I do this with my games as well. I tuck the receipt away in the yeah, in the case. 
Um, and yeah, so getting that CD player set up, um, I would love it if I could cancel my Spotify subscription. Um, it's used by me, my wife, and my son uses it because he's got a little Alexa in his room, which he demands music from. His favorite song at the moment is Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm not even joking. He's also a fan of Blue Dabba D. Okay. Um, I mean, the same category, really, of music. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's something so beautiful. Like, I love my vinyl. I really do. Um, CDs are great. You know, I think yeah. the last CD I bought, like, I think that CKY one, 2017, is the last CD I bought. Um, but I was buying CDs regularly up until that point. I have some other hip-hop yeah. ones and, and Slipknot ones and stuff. So I got a nice choice selection of CDs now down in the cabinet, in the lounge, just across from the vinyl, right next to each other, CD player, vinyl record player. Oh. And again, I talked about little things at the start of this episode. Yeah. I put on the fucking uh, Dark Knight soundtrack. I have the CD of the Dark Knight soundtrack and I just put it on and listen and Jess walks in and is like, is this the Dark Knight? And I'm just like, yes, it is. <laughs> and I just sat there like listening to it, soaking it yes. up. And Yes, it is. You cannot, cannot appreciate music in the same way listening to it on Spotify. Yeah. You just can't. So do yourself a favor. Go and buy a cheap CD player. Um, yeah. Jess also bought, so she's a huge Busted fan, and they've released their new vinyl and stuff like that, which came with yeah. a, cassette, a cassette version of the album. We got a place to play the cassette because I had we didn't yeah. have a cassette player. So, um, yeah, it's I mean, just you're, nice I know, to I, I'm experiencing that at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to have ways to do it and it puts value back into this stuff and we talk yeah, about toxic definitely. nostalgia but my life is stressful these days and I have a lot going on um listening to music on spotify is not the same as cracking out a vinyl or yes no. even cracking out a cd i'm not going to talk about sound quality like really but you respect the music more when you have to open it you have to take yep. it out and you have to put it in somewhere cds and vinyls and cassettes and yeah I agree. I am so in love with my cheap CD player and I don't care how sad it makes me sound, but I'm, yeah, I'm trying to work towards cancelling that Spotify because it'd be good to just listen to music through the stuff. Generally, when I'm on the move, I'm listening to podcasts as well, so I don't even mm -hmm. really listen to music on Spotify yeah, that I'm much. We put it on ambiently, maybe through yeah. one of the Alexas, very occasionally in the gym I have it, but I'm like... I could just download the MP3s and just put them on my phone, really, because mm. I listen to the same music over and over. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really true, need actually. Spotify. So yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's my collector's corner is CDs and my CD player. I will find Love a picture it. of it and put it on. Yeah, there. please do, please do. Good, awesome stuff. Okay, well, well we've done it. Yeah, First episode back in a while. Um, yeah. We, as I mentioned, we are thinking about doing a Halloween special. But do you have anything else to add for today? We should probably think about wrapping this up. No, just thank you for for catching up with me, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to ranting with you further down the line. Really, <laughs> we had some good rants today. I think I might go and watch some Star Wars on my horribly corporate-owned subscription uh, that has just <laughs> destroyed the world. And then I'm going to go and play some games on my horrible game subscription owned by a disgusting evil corporation. <laughs> God, God, yes, it's just the world is falling apart, isn't it? But don't worry, we've put it to rights, haven't we, Lou? Exactly. That's exactly what we've done. We've sorted everything out if they just followed our lead. 
thank you everyone for listening today if you are a patreon subscriber you might have watched the video version of this if you're not a patreon subscriber we do have one i did pause it as well because i felt bad that um we weren't putting much content out but we do do bonus episodes and we will continue to do bonus content stuff hopefully this is the the kick back up the arse to get us doing more stuff um come and subscribe to us on patreon if you want if not just give us a review or like or tell your friends and family about this podcast it's gonna be more fun to come soon um, till then Lou. good fun as always awesome to Have see you one. catch you next time bye everybody bye 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 bye